0: On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will break down the Jack Black and Lizzo episode of The Mandalorian to assure some of you that the series is not dead in betraying Din and Grogu. They'll then take a deep dive into all of the Ahsoka series news and trailer that came out of Celebration, which validated many of the rumors these bozos have covered on this program. Their tour of Celebration News will continue with talks on the new films, The Acolyte, Bad Batch, and Skeleton Crew. Of course, the show will end with the Question of the Week segment and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars Fan artist Features. Punch a now everybody let me get my swim cap on i know you all don't like to see that beautiful bald head of mine and boy is my feed chunky i I gotta do it dude this summer i've got to upgrade the machine (laughs) because i'm looking at i'm looking at the obs output right now and i am like there's so many frames being dropped because my system i can hear it it's like It's like Mel Gibson when he was making all those racist phone calls all those years ago. That, that's what it sounds like. It's like Mel Gibson breathing.
1: Oh, man. Yes, yeah, yeah, weary. I did my, my system upgrade already. I got a new case, nice and cool. Got a new video card, and there we go. I'm good for well, another un- Unfortunately, years.
0: your shit. Has to pass through my shit to make it to YouTube, so I'm sure it looks all fucked up and slow anyway, so it doesn't matter. No one can realize your ultimate power that you have now. (laughs) Hey now, everybody, we got Linda, props, all right. props coming in from London, Devin's with him, Bango from the patrol car, I did not know he is a cop, look at that, Mr. O'Dizzle, we are here, we're ready to go, fuck pop culture talk because... We had Celebration. We had a Mandalorian episode that fractured the fandom. I'm calling it the TLJ of the Mandalorian based on how some of you babies have reacted to it. We've got Ahsoka trailer breakdown, Celebration breakdown, even though nothing that big really came out of it. Especially, and here's the one thing, Nick, I know you were out you know, drinking going to strip clubs all weekend, but even the Ahsoka stuff... If you've been following this show and you have ears and a brain that can process English words, we've told you everything. We told you about Balin. We told you about Shin. We told you about their sabers. We told you about the world. We told you about uh, who's playing who and this, that, and the other thing. So, hey, chalk one up for the SWTS and really making Star Wars. I mean, let's be real. We're just regurgitating the shit that he gets. And once again, his track record is pretty damn impressive. But, of course, we've got to lay down our own opinions and all the shit. Everyone got to see this week coming out of Celebration 23. So, we got all that planned. If we make the fan segment, we make it. If we don't, we don't. we got shit to do, right? So, here we go. We're going to get into it. And, you know, maybe we'll see some of you in Japan in a few years. Maybe we won't. That was an, an, an intriguing call. By the uh, celebration team to go back-to-back internationals and skipping a year, so some of us may be dead by the next time celebration comes around. But I do. Uh, it did look like fun, even though I don't think that many juicy announcements came out. I I, I'm, I was happy to be following props and Devin and Tones. Uh, it, it looked great. Looked like you guys all had a great time. Props got a little infamy. His post made it to Reddit because he. Uh, He may have brought his camera into the Ahsoka panel and got a high-res shot of Thrawn, Mm -hmm. that son of a bitch. So he's living the glory life over on Reddit leaks. All right, let's do this. This that I like this. This Mr. O'Dizzle counts how many times I say this, that, and the other thing. I I dig it. It, It's like a competition within the show. So keep it up, Mr. O'Dizzle. We chillin'. Yeah, send those hearts, Sir Dork. All right, let's get down to it. Like I said, we got... We got a lot to unpack, so we're not going to fuck around this week. But I will tell you, Super Mario Brothers rocks. Dungeons and Dragons is fucking amazing. All right? We'll leave it at that. All right, dude. So let's get into The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 6, Guns for Hire, a.k.a. the one that broke the fans. I mean, I'm talking... Mando's over, Star Wars is over, Mando was good for two seasons, Din is getting uh, outshined by a girl, all this type of bullshit from you whiny assholes that say you love Star Wars but you don't, you only love to hate it, let's be real, okay, but we're not here to, to, to devolve and get into that stupid shit, we're here to break down the episode and tell you why it was still worthy and worthwhile and why some of you are completely fucking wrong because that was George Lucas what we saw last week was George Lucas Star Wars whether you want to believe it or not turn on the fucking prequels one more time watch a few episodes of the Clone Wars okay that was Star Wars that was George Lucas Star Wars And, and it's okay if you didn't like it all right we're not here to tell you you can't like stuff but we are here to remind you, if you don't like Star Wars, fucking go away. Why Why would you do something you do not like? All right, Nick, what did you think about the TLJ of The Mandalorian?
1: Um, I mean, until you told me, I didn't know that so many people hated it. Because oh, dude, I, I, I mean, meltdowns
0: left and right. A bunch, I just of, bunch of fucking man babies out there.
1: Yeah, like I, I, I don't partake in the online discourse around Star Wars or really anything fandom based, like even like video games or whatever else. Um, but I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun little episode that was probably the most reminiscent piece of Star Wars content to the prequels that we've had since the prequels. Um, I think it like, you know, from every Mm -hmm. like everything from the aesthetic of Planzir 15 or whatever the name of the planet was. Plazier, Plazier. Not Planzir, Plazier 15. Um, the aesthetic of that was very prequel-esque, very uh y especially in the uh, I guess you would call it like the entertainment or bar district, that chase that happened between um Din and Bo and the B2, very reminiscent of things that we've seen in the prequel uh trilogy. So um, very different than what we've typically seen in the Mandalorian, obviously. Um, We spent a lot of time on desolate planets. We spent a lot of times in caves and bunkers and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool to get like a like a planetary location that was a lot more technologically advanced than what we typically see on planets like Navarro and uh, tattooing and shit like that. Um, And I think that the overall tenor of the episode and the content of it was pretty strong. I thought it was a pretty fun episode all around.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man, but I, I, I'll i tell you what. I, I kind of have a sense for when the trolls are going to get riled up. And I, I was watching, I'm like, you know what? I have a feeling uh, last Wednesday that uh, things could get a little bit rocky, and I was right. But yeah, as Nick said, who gives a shit? I, too, found enjoyment in this episode. And, and you know, looking through my hot notes, remember, I, I'm writing shit down while I'm watching stuff. All you other dickheads are probably doing drugs, sitting in your bed hanging out in your undies watching this, I'm taking notes. Like, this stuff is real life, okay? And that, that's why you listen to us, because we are that fucked up that I do spend that much time to make sure I'm analyzing these things correctly. And my first note, Nick, is felt very Star Wars-like. Lucas style, prequels, Clone Wars, etc. Story within a story to tell a tale about society. That, that, that's all Star Wars has ever been. And, and I know it is, it, it, it is unique for an episode of The Mandalorian, but do we not like change every once in a while? The same people bitching about this change were the people in season two going, hey, every episode's just a fucking fetch quest. Now it's like, well, it's not The Mandalorian. Din, Grogu, the guy isn't, isn't the, the, the leader. It's like, what the, what the fuck do you, I mean, what, what do you want? This is Star Wars, people. It's fucking Star Wars. Like, how could you not see George Lucas's stamp over this episode? And it is no surprise that this was BDH's. I mean, BDH is essentially his niece. I I would imagine this was the episode that George visited for season three. Because it is reported that he has made it to set every season. Okay, so I, I did. I enjoyed it. But I... Deep down, I knew that this one would fuck people over. because of the cameos, um, it, it, you know, because of how Christopher Lloyd was used, because of, again, we had the a slight departure from the main Mandalorian journey. And because some of these people forget that serialized TV does not give you everything every week. You do have to wait. You do have to allow a plot to be built up. You do have to allow for storylines to be uh, grown into something that can then be shared with everybody. Okay? So this shit where, oh, season three is all over the place. This, the, It's going nowhere. Din is nobody now. Just fucking watch. All right? You got eight episodes to get through this thing. Just calm down. Okay? Don't, don't light yourself on fire over one episode. Life is not that bad, okay? And if it is, why the fuck are you still watching Star Wars? This is something I'll never understand, Nick. I mean, it's like, you know, you and I know if we touch something hot, it's going to burn us. <laughs> so, I would like to think we're, we're intelligent enough to stop doing that. Sadly, yeah. I don't think that's the case for some Star Wars fans. It's just like they want to be angry,
1: Yeah. I mean, here, here's the deal for me and I'm going to pat myself on the back for this. Uh, so as, as people are now calling out and as even Rick Famuyiwa said during celebration, I believe that, uh, the the titular character of the Mandalorian is no longer Din Djarin. I said this and literally, I think it was yeah, probably season. Someone,
0: someone pull this up and send him all the trophies in the backlog that should have been <laughs> coming to me. Because he is right. Nick's been fucking calling this, I think, before season one even aired. Yeah,
1: I, I, I'm pretty sure that like by the very latest, by like midway through season one, I'm like, well, here's what's going to happen in this show is that, you know, the Mandalorian is going to change meaning as the show goes on uh and it 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 has and i don't think that that's a bad thing i mean i think it really depends on what kind of star wars fan you are um there are a lot of people who are fans of the mandalorian television show and that's probably about the extent of their fandom um there's a lot of people who are fans of star wars in general and the lore that is built around star wars characters the star wars universe um, I feel like That's the people me. who like take umbrage with this episode um, and in particular the direction that the show is going with the Mandalorian title transitioning away from Din and more towards Bo, um, those are probably fans who are like newer fans, fans of the Mandalorian, fans of the character of Din. Um, and I get it. Like, you know, you you were watching a show that was about a guy and uh, a Yoda baby, and then you know the the focus changes over to a uh, a woman's quest to 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 essentially rebuild her society. See, I, I
0: think that's the main problem. It, it's the <laughs> W word. It, it is that because hey, Din and Grogu are still in the Mandalorian. Last time I checked, right, and and they're still <laughs> like a main focus yeah. for the most part, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think for me, what's most important is that like is that you get plot furthering one, what like I, I rarely if ever look like, I definitely don't look for star Wars feedback online. Sometimes it comes across a, a feed of mine and then I read it. One, one thing that I read and it may have been the only thing that I read prior to, to like us going live about the episode is, well, now it's just going to be big lore dumps and star Wars lore. And like, and they were saying that in, like, a negative connotation.
0: Yeah, it's like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. Wait, what do we watch this shit for?
1: Yeah, so, like, to the people out there who, like, have this feeling, well, oh, it's just going to be Star Wars lore now. It's not going to be The Mandalorian. It was, well, that's kind of what the show is about. You know? <laughs> what it's, the fuck? What show, the fucking- The show is about Star Wars lore. The show is about building storyline yes! connective tissues between different eras of Star Wars, closing out threads, opening up different threads, and seeing them through to completion. So, like... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see why, if you are a fan of Din and Grogu, that you could be upset at it. But like, I would, I would urge you to see this, you know, to watch these episodes and really see what's happening in a cultural and, and, and like historical sense for Mandalorian society, like try to look past just like individual characters and more at the big picture Because I think that this season so far has, at at least up to this point, has done a good job of setting up what is to come for Mandalorians in the future. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You know, now we have some uh, potentially some resolution for the Darksaber uh, stuff that happened at the end of this season, which sets up a massive uh, opportunity for reconciliation between different Mandalorian tribes and an actual cultural renaissance for the Mandalorian people. Um, so as much as you can say that this, this episode had some, you know, whatever, like, you know, some goofy bits, you know, with, with Jack Black and Lizzo and, and there was little, a big
0: black woman
1: in it, Nick, In <laughs> their little tea party. Uh, you know, I, I think that, that the end of this episode in particular, um, has really Forged the path forward for not yes, only this. The bullshit's season.
0: over. Yeah. The bullshit's over. All right. The Mandalorian bullshit is over. So I know some of you <laughs> little cocksuckers like Justin and Devin, you've seen the next episode, and, and <laughs> I've, I've purposely had you not tell us anything. But I have a feeling that some of these dummies. After tomorrow are gonna to be sitting there going like, oh, okay, oh yeah, uh, uh, Dave Filoni for president, John Favreau's Jesus. You know, I mean that's just how it is. It's like they they <laughs> they flip on a dime. But back to the whole Darksaber thing, one of the ha moments I had before we since we were talking about before we get into tops and whatnot, but I I I kind of dug I really dug Axe Wolves. I mean, I, I don't understand why that guy didn't get many speaking lines in season two because Simon's pretty fucking good. Definitely better than uh, Casca and, and Sasha Banks. I mean, she obviously looks better, but she still, even in this season, doesn't quite feel like a natural actor to me. But Simon kicks ass. But the important thing here, Nick, and what I wrote down, is that I, I, didn't, I guess I didn't quite realize how hung up on Bloodline... And the dark saber, purebred Mandalorians were. So I, I, I appreciated that scene to remind us that, you know, the children of the Watch, they're, they're zealots for the creed. Where the, the Bloodline Mandos, the pure Mandos, they're zealots for the fucking saber. And we have now eliminated that bullshit and married the crews together. So as Nick said, that's done. The dominoes have fallen now or have begun to fall. So now they can start, feel, you know, folding in the Remnant shit that has to come. You know, we, we haven't seen anything with the Remnant outside of what Kane is doing on the New Republic and that stinger at the end of Episode 5 where Antiva is looking at that down Lambda-class shuttle. Um, you know, obviously the chase with the TIE Interceptors. Um, but that chase itself alluded early in the season that the Remnant is paying attention to the Mandalorians. Specifically, Bo-Katan. And you would think now that she has united with the Watch, reunited with her mercenary Mandos, has the Darksaber, they're all going, whoever sent that flotilla, not flotilla, or you know, uh, yeah, fuck it, who cares, flotilla of TIE Interceptors after Bo and blew up her house, they're probably going, fuck, we really need to up the plan Hence, probably why they're trying to, to, to put a shiv in between or, or a divide in between the New Republic and Mandalorians. But we really need to ramp up our, our plan, our master plan. All these warlords. Is Gideon the commander of all the warlords? Are we going to hear Thrawn talk now that that's out of the bag with the Ahsoka reveals? But that's where we're at because the, the, the remnant now has to react to the end of episode six. Bo's redemption is damn near complete at this this point in time. She has finally ascended to the leadership role, checking all of the weird boxes that Mandalorian culture requires. Right, Nick? She's she's following the way, and now she earned the Darksaber via combat. No one can fucking question her anymore that wears a bucket on their head that isn't called a Stormtrooper. So... As much as we want to complain about the Darksaber technicality, and and Tones did say, Tones did say in our Discord, and by the way, if you want to join, it's open, you can find the link, Instagram, at Star Wars Time Show, just check the bio, but Tones did say that I, uh, when we were breaking down episode two, I did point out that Bo technically should be the the owner of the Darksaber since she beat someone in combat, and that thing did take it from Din, so... yeah. I guess we could save that for a, for a top moment and, and a deeper discussion, but I, I just wanted to get up uh, the axe and just how focused his kind are on on blood. Like, hey, if you're not, if you're not born on, of Mandalorian blood, you're just a fucking goofy guy like Din, and how, how focused they were on the Darksaber. But now all that shit's taken care of, thanks to Lizzo and Jack Black. Yeah. The other thing, it, you know, I know we all want to bitch about then, but one thing you may have missed... One of their agreements with Bo and Din was, "Hey, if you help us, we as Plazier Fifteen will help Mandalore get New Republic uh, protection through a yep. petition." Mm-hmm. So there was there was some bonuses outside of just being allowed to go talk to their own kind on Plazier.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there were a lot of steps forward taken in this episode. Um, you also got a little bit more character exploration from Din, especially his reaction to the droids when they were at the assembly line, you know, like you could still see his heavy disdain for droids, even after having been saved by one, um, those wounds still run deep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, was it the best episode of the Mandalorian? No, but I, I think that there was a lot of fantastic plot forwarding and character, Movement that happened in this episode, and it would be like it's pretty short-sighted to like look at this and say that oh this was stupid, nothing happened, like yeah, uh, you know, or, or or anything of that of that nature. I think that that this episode in particular is literally like the setup for the penultimate and then the final episode, um, and you know, seeing where our Mandalorian heroes go from here because almost assuredly now that we've gotten the stinger from the you know a previous episode where we see the the Mandalorian Beskar in the ship that was transporting uh Gideon to his trial like that is almost for sure going to come up again before the end of the season whether will, will it be a stinger that leads into season 4 who knows but um now we have a united faction of Mandalorians is you know and we have a clear, like a, a force out there in the galaxy that is trying to discredit all they're trying to build. So I think that they've done a really good job of like building towards what could be a very, um, a very action-packed finale for this season.
0: Oh yeah, dude. I mean, come on. Uh, we know episode seven is going to be about 50 minutes. Devin and, and Justin confirmed because they saw that celebration. They're like, yeah, definitely about 45 without credits. Uh, I'd imagine eight's going to be the same. Uh, the, these final two episodes are also helmed by Rick, who helmed the uh, the opening of Season 3. So the fact that they kept the same director to punch out the season means that it probably is going to be a very cohesive tale, race to the finish. So I'm super excited, and, and the reason I am, because Episode 6 set more things up, put more things in motion, resolved a few things to allow 7 and 8 to take place. Okay? Can we all just... Uh, agree that that's how this stuff works serialized means it builds upon the the last right it's okay it is okay and it's okay if the guy with the dick and balls isn't the champion all the time all right i mean let's really get into the din thing i mean i know my man over here he's never felt like din is meant to be a leader i i kind of was like yeah sure why not but nick has always been right Din's never won the lead. The guy still can't pick up the fucking lightsaber without it feeling like it's a 50-ton blade. He's not meant for it. He was never meant to lead. Din, as Nick said, he's a bullet sponge and a great champion of a cause. He's a great follower. Uh, and, and yeah, hey, he's done some amazing things. I'm not, I'm not trying to castrate him here, but Bo-Katan is way more suited for the leadership role than Din Djarin ever could have dreamed of being not that I, I don't think he ever even dreamed of that Din is so far removed from wanting to lead Mandalore that it it, it does make sense where this stuff is going with Bo I mean let, let's be real if you're if you've been here since Clone Wars you know full well Bo is the rightful heir at this point in time <sighs> yeah hey, I mean- just real quick before we get into the top stuff I did like the, the society commentary, Nick, and I, I saw there was two things, two things. Maybe this is too woke for some people, but I felt like this episode in particular was asking two questions to us as humans. The one being, what if we could have a society that decided to dedicate all of its resources towards its people in growth versus a military? What would that look like? Would it look like Plazier 15? Is it even achievable? I know it's not, not in, on this earth with these humans, but it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, um, theory to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about what if the United States, instead of taking all of our tax money and dumping it into our, our strong military, what if we actually invested in our people and infrastructure? What, where would we be at this point in time? Would we be flying fucking X-wings by now I, I mean that, I think it's a legitimate question. If yeah. we if we actually pulled our resources for good, you know, I'm not I'm not one of these yeah, no war type of people, but yeah, let's be real. We spend an inordinate amount of tax money on the war machine. What what if we start investing that into our people? Yeah. I think okay. that
1: like it, it, Star Trek also like the basis of Star Trek
0: is actually like Oh, that uh, that's all it is, is life lessons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like
1: before but like before like Star Trek could like be achieved like there was one like crowning achievement that made the world of Star Trek possible and it was the replicator like if you go back and you like listen to some like podcasts or like experts talk about Star Trek like the one thing that enabled Star Trek to do what it did which was like have society focused on the furthering of the human species and not just on day-to-day tasks was the replicator like the replicator came out, it could it could recreate anything which then put the need for work off of the mat. You didn't need to work anymore. You ran out of bread, you hit the replicator button for bread. Bread is there, you don't have to pay for it. So like this it's a similar thing that's going on in this society. Like you have now given humans the ability to pursue their interests, dreams, and desires. and you see, a, a society that's flourishing. I mean, outside of, you know, the, this little hiccup that's happened with the, the droids because of, uh, Hellgate, uh, the society itself was thriving very, very much so. So well, uh,
0: Nick, yeah. you're actually hitting on the second story within a story and that is our reliance on technology and how society will collapse without it. I mean, that, that was the other, thing they were trying to position to us in this episode especially with Hellgate, is like you they know i, I want
1: to we can't turn i, it I off. don't
0: i don't yeah i don't like what bomber bombardier is doing here so i'm gonna fuck it up and and that's why they wouldn't turn off the droids to just solve the problem because he's like well no one will know what to do so i i dig that type of stuff i mean anytime star wars can get me thinking about real life in, a, in an inter- interesting and flashy way sure why the fuck not um, all right, let, let's get down with some of the uh, top moments, and of course, we'll get into the Easter eggs, and if we uh, come up on any other topics that require some huh, I'll make sure to hit my list. All right, but let, let's get down to it. Let's go ahead and switch ourselves into full screen mode, because that's what the fans like to see. They don't like our fat heads. So here we go. Full screen, in effect. Oh my God, the full screen's completely broken. Ho- <laughs> hold on, timeout. We just got to do a quick change here. Safari, all right, see? No big deal, people. Everyone, calm down. Calm down. Please calm down. All right. So, as we always do here, we, we kind of let you know how we feel about it and got a little into the weeds, but that's fun. That's what we do on the Star Wars Time show. So let's go ahead and start with the top moments here. And I, and I know my first one is really gonna burn some people's asses. Although I think most of our fans, they understand I'm it's they're like, whatever, dude. It's just, it's just mad. <laughs> uh, but I am. I'm I'm going with um the the whole Jack Black Lizzo fucking tea party pitch. I, I was just like, holy shit, like visually it was very stimulating for me at, at five o'clock in the morning last Wednesday. Just seeing how you know, especially if you compare it to a lot of how the Mandalorian typically looks. I mean, unless they're on an outside planet, everything's pretty dark and dingy. So so seeing the 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 brightness to Plazier 15, the I mean, it even felt futuristic for Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it felt even beyond some of the technology that that we've seen on other planets. But I loved everything about their meeting. I mean, I, I, I could watch Jack Black in anything. I mean, the guy's a fucking hero. Anytime a a, a short fat man can, you know, become a Mac Daddy like Jack has Jack has done, I'm always down for that because I too, am a short fat man. Uh, I, I I liked Lizzo's deal and and i've I've actually I like the fact that she's in it even more after I've learned after the fact that she's been a huge fan of Star Wars through her own father. I mean that that's the type of stuff I wish I could achieve myself, but unfortunately, I suck at rapping and I can't sing and I can't play the flute, so I'm probably not going to get any cameos anytime soon. But Nick, I just, I, I it just this felt like fucking George Lucas Star Wars through and through from start to finish. The moment they walk into those doors, see the grand hallway, the helmetless stormtroopers, uh, <laughs> Lizzo's Duchess character with that floating dress thing behind her—just I don't know. It, it was it was fucking it was visually unique and stunning to say the least.
1: Definitely, definitely, it was a fun little setting to walk into, and it was something that was like starkly unexpected, especially given, like, how they moved there, like, how they got to that location, because you're like, okay, well, like, there's Imperial droids here, they're getting on this thing, like, their yeah. ship has been taken over, they're forced to go in this direction, and then you end up where you end up, you're like, wow, this is definitely unexpected. <laughs> yeah, you,
0: yeah. you figure they're going to, like, a, a prison or something, or they're going to be put to task, When well, no, you go to this this bubbly uh, king and queen type of, of figures, and I, I don't know, they were just... I liked it. I, I don't, I mean, the people are like, there can't be celebrity cameos in Star Wars. It's like, well, have you been watching Star Wars TV for the past few years? Because, I mean, let, let, let's be real. I mean, Pedro himself with, was cast because of his star was rising and, and Game of Thrones and Narcos and whatnot. So what, what are we talking about? You know, it's not like Pedro was some no-namer or Katie or Carl, right? Come on. Just... It's fucking Star Wars people suspend your your beliefs every once in a while okay so next top moment I'm going with the B2 chase but first I just I loved it this just kind of reinforces Nick's thoughts on Din that he is a little goofy maybe a little slow but I like Din's Din's method of trying to sniff out the the screwed up B2 where he's literally just sitting there. <laughs> he's like, like doing John Cena's you can't see me shit in front of their face. And then he literally just starts, you know, uh, uh, drop kicking their knee joints to see if they'll <laughs> fall out of line and do something. I mean,
1: honestly, th- it was very reminiscent. If you remember the, um, I Robot movie with Will Smith, it's the same thing that he did when he was in that, like right in the beginning of the movie, when like the, the sentient droid runs away And he's looking for it. He's standing in a room full of droids that all look the same. And he goes up to like a a bunch of them and puts a gun up to their head. And then he sees the one that moves. And he's like, that's the... And then, so he like, Din did the same thing. They jacked that straight from my robot.
0: Yeah, and I, I just really, I mean, that was fun, and obviously, you know, I, this was an aha moment. But I, I loved Din's line of uh, "You had me at battle droids." That that was vintage Din. I mean, we, we, hey, if anything, Din's dropped some some dad jokes or dad lines this season quite expertly. But really, the the, the chase itself was pretty damn cool. I, I think this might have been one of the first times Latif. Really got some screen time yeah. this season. Because okay. uh, that that's definitely Latif running. That's not Brendan. Brendan, he got himself a little bit of a, a belly this season, I think. And mm-hmm. he he definitely <laughs> doesn't do the action stuff. But how was it seeing a fucking B2 take off like that? You, you got to wonder why uh, Dooku and the Techno Union and the and the Geonosians didn't enable that type of speed on the battlefield. Because imagine if you had, like, at the end of the Battle of Geonosius where... The B ones and, and and the B twos had that type of speed. I mean, see ya. See ya yeah. later. <laughs> I mean Why? You, you can't I don't care if you got Jedi or fucking clones. If you've got a battalion of, of metal things running at you at the pace of a missile, you're fucked.
1: Yeah, you gotta move. You gotta move. I mean, I yeah, I don't know, cause it's all like the 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 battle droids in the prequels were very, like, Civil War-like, where it's like,
0: stand in rows, walk March, 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 fire, March, yeah. March, March, fire. You're exactly right. That's what I, I was like, Jesus, I mean, come on, what, what, what's wrong? I mean, I, I guess you could argue Palpatine, by design, wanted them to fail, but... Yeah, so they are supposed to
1: lose, but...
0: <laughs> I mean, if they would have just let those B2s be themselves, uh, things could have got a little uh, more ugly for the jedi maybe hell order 66 might have not even been needed yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah it, it was a cool chase and yeah it, it played into you know i've seen a lot of people like this is like star wars csi or, or, or star wars law and order yeah sure it was i it thought played. it
1: was that's why i thought it was enjoyable because it was such a departure from like the typical stuff that we're seeing in the mandalorian like jump around look for something go back jump around look for something go back fetch quest style storylines and yeah. i thought that this was like a little crime procedure and i thought it worked very well
0: well you know what else nick and it's not a top moment but i found the the scene and the interactions with the Ugnots to be very poignant yeah. in in and showing that that din really does know how to navigate the galaxy and the various alien species uh within it way better than bo katan like bo katan yes she 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 is a royal. She's led before. she is a natural leader. But then, especially the way he handled the uh, Saphir, the, the the little female Ugnat there, the main one talking, I believe, played by uh, Misty, who who plays a lot of the shorter characters in the series. But you saw how Din kind of handled that whole situation. You know, Bo Bo gets off the elevator and she's like, all right, yeah, yeah, your joints are fucking shit up. And, and Din gets them all to look up. You know, they just ignore her. They're like, whatever, shut the fuck up, we're working. Din comes out and pretty much says, you will listen to me, I'm Din Dejar and I know Kuiil. I have spoken. They're like, oh, fuck, this guy knows the lingo. So they sit down, talk, and he gets a deal done. So yep. uh, I had that in the ha. I mean, if it, we can make fun of Din for being a bullet sponge and not being able to hold the Darksaber, but the dude, as he has told Grogu, 100% knows how to navigate the galaxy. He's got some better. social
1: skills. Yes, well, which
0: is surprising for a <laughs> yeah. dude that's been in a helmet since he was 10. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> good good for him, Din. Um, and and it was great to see his time with queel did not go wasted. Okay, and then my uh, last top moment from this episode obviously is going to be Bo's challenge. Yeah, um, I, I I dug it, uh, and I like that they had to go through some hoops to get there. It it didn't feel as jarring as episode three, where it's like, hey, Din and Bo kick ass dogfight, cut to black, coruscant pershing for thirty five minutes. Hey, back to the mandos. This it, it it felt more natural. You know, they they did had to you know get through some red tape thanks to the king and the duchess. But they get there, and we have a challenge. It, it went as I expected. You know, he, of course, Axe Woves is not going to be like, oh, Bo, you're back, thank God, here. I don't want to be leader anymore. I mean, Mandalorians, you would think, by nature, are all alphas. You know what I mean? Girls, boys, don't matter. They're all alphas. So I like that a challenge had to go down, and, and it was a good fight. I, I, I thought it was a, a good fight between the two. It showcased, once again, that Bo-Katan really is a fucking badass. I mean, she can she can do it all. She can do the Darksaber. She can do the hand-to-hand combat. She can do the blasters. You name it, she does it well, and she does it while looking great. Uh, but I thought, I, I thought Axe was good in this. I mean, we got a bit more behind his eyes and, and his yeah. beliefs. Um, you know, even when he lost, you could tell, Nick, he was fucking bummed out. He's like fuck like you, you won't even take it from this dope is is pretty much what he says from this yeah. this slow adult you won't even take it from this slow adult what's wrong with you he doesn't have the blood and then she's like you know what fuck you this guy's more of a mando than any of us assholes because he follows the ancient creed that we have all strayed from you know you cocksuckers only care about the dark saber so on and so forth and then obviously that's when din comes in and, and, and drops the, the truth here and we see the exchange of the dark saber. So, Nick, I mean, this is something you and I were both kind of curious about. Uh, you so maybe even more than me. Did you appreciate how the dark saber changed hands? Did, were you like, or did you want to see a fight? It was.
1: Oh uh, no. I, I mean, I I figured there wasn't gonna have there wasn't gonna be a fight because, like we said, we we had discussed that in the episode where it actually. It may have been even jokingly that we said it. I mean, like, because I remember this specific conversation where we're like well technically this thing is now the owner of the dark saber because it beat din and then uh Bo Took comes in and him. kills this thing so we're like technically it, i don't know how like because we were even unsure we we're like we don't know how if this is how it works if there needs to be a formal challenge or whatever it was but like technically she won it by combat um no surprise there um it what what'll be interesting is is like how much does that actually mean? I mean, like it seems like the 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 uh the Creed followers. I don't know what we're calling these factions now. Um, I don't know if the Creed followers even really give a shit about the dark saber. It seems like they didn't.
0: Um, that yeah, that that's what I was saying earlier. You okay? So to me, the Creed they're they're more concerned, or the Watch, I guess, the Children of the Watch. They're more concerned about the Creed, the way and helmets. Yeah. where the bloodline mandos as we'll call them the blues the night owls they're they're more concerned with blood right and dark saber fair yeah. right yeah
1: yeah I mean I still think that the dark saber just in an overall sense is a bad thing for Mandalorian society because it still puts you in a position to where you,
0: you can be challenged at any time yeah
1: because it's like okay well your, your society is not based off of anything that is, like, cogent. It's also not, it's not a democratically-based system. It's just whoever can beat up whoever, and oftentimes that will lead to exactly what happened to Mandalorians in the recent past, where, like, well, somebody wins the dark that shouldn't have it. They fucking right. Nuke you the end whole up with society. a maul.
0: Like you literally end up with a maul as yeah. leader. So like that, that's what happens here.
1: Uh, so I think that you know it, it. It was poignant how it was just a handoff, and now she's the official leader but I still think that the dark saber should be fucking set on fire or thrown into the deep ocean or <laughs> tossed out into space because it's only going to lead to more bullshit right. for Mandalorians in the future.
0: But that's just my, it, does, it does seem to be a cursed uh, relic family heirloom, whatever you want to call it. it. It does. It has not brought the planet and the society much good that that's for damn sure. But Nick, I mean, it, it it had to happen. You could tell if she was not wielding that, even being bested in combat, the night owls weren't going to be fully bought in. But once she got it and and acts acquiesced to Din's technicality, you could see they 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 purposely showed some of the the random mandos, and they were all like, "Yep, fucking works for me. Sign me up. Yeah. Bo's Bo's my leader again." So it it had to happen. Even though you are correct. The Darksaber and, and and some of the the rituals, traditions behind it are, are not doing Mandalorians any favors.
1: No, yeah. I mean it's it, it will always be a bane on Mandalorian society, regardless of whether or not you uh you know regardless of, of how long any one person reigns, it will never be good for Mandalorian society that the way that you become a leader is just beating up the other leader.
0: Yeah, challenging people. Like, oh, I don't like how this is going. I'm going to fucking fight you for yeah, it and like, kill okay. you, maybe. It's like, like
1: yeah. congratulations. Like, you beat up a... Like, if Bo gets to, whatever, 85 years old, and then yeah. is still the leader, and then, some, and then some just, like, some complete asshole 20-year-old that right. everybody hates, like, walks up to her and is like, I challenge you and wins. Like, wh- look at what this is your society... Bag. Yeah, it's like, what does your society have to say about that? Like, is that just, yeah. well,
0: that's how it goes. I mean, like, it's yeah, just. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> it's, it it's, in the, it's in the Mandalorian Bible.
1: Yeah, so. She
0: loses. I, Sorry, I, geezer. Get your I, saggy tits off the throat. <laughs> I would hope
1: by that point that they would have amended some of their Mandalorian constitution or whatever the fuck they have to be like, you know what? Maybe it's not who holds the sword. That is the lead. Yeah, I mean, it, I,
0: I don't know if we did this during our things we want to see or happen, but I know you and I have talked about the the whole dark saber, and and we were like, listen, they need to, whoever ends up with it, they need to resolve this fucking thing and either put it in a museum, yeah, or <laughs> or, or 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 change the script because it's not doing them justice. It's not doing them any favors. Uh, but she's got it and she looks good wielding it. And look at this. Then she can hold it with one hand. Yeah. And it's not taking her whole body down to the grass. I, I am glad that they still had him pull it out one more time and use it. Cause he he still could barely even kill that fucking interrogation yeah, droid was. with it. It's just like the dude, he it wasn't meant wasn't meant to be. Just wasn't no, meant to be.
1: Wasn't meant for him.
0: All right. So that's that's the top moments. I, I did want to comment on here and I know most people probably threw up, but I, I definitely smiled and absolutely loved <laughs> Grogu and Lizzo together, especially when she's like, Can I see the baby and Din's like, nah, fuck it. He doesn't like people. And she wiggles the little fish at him yeah. and he jumps right up like a little fat sat little fatso, and he's like, bloom, bloom. and she just keeps feeding him the whole time hell he became a knight how about that yeah. i mean grogu is a legitimate knight of plazier 15 i, yep, I don't know if yep. that's ever gonna be called on again but i i just i love that little egg at the end that little you know hey this this has happened so grogu now has been trained by a jedi he's learning to become a mandalorian and the motherfucker is a knight all before he can even speak
1: yeah Pretty he's impressive. got a lot of accolades under his belt eat that sure. yoda
0: what did your resume look like when you were 55 you lazy ass. Um, <laughs> all right. Good stuff there. Okay. Let, let, let's go through some of the eggs and whatnot. There was a, a good amount. And obviously, we, we've discussed some of the cameos here, uh, but let's get into some of the minutia. And this week, I actually remembered to scroll on down so we can look at some images. Yay for Matt. Yay for Matt. All mm-hmm. right. All right. So first things first, before we, really, we even get into this. I absolutely love the opening and how the corn ship looks like their fucking head. Okay, yeah. like just just look <laughs> at that brown ship coming through. It's literally shaped like their head. Very organic. But I, I think just the whole open was just such Star Wars George Lucasy. I mean, just a random thing to kind of kick into the story. Um, but I, I loved how their ship looked like their heads, and I also enjoyed the nod to the whole mon cow corn War and, and Forbidden Love. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that goes all the way back to the Clone Wars. That, that's something this planet has been dealing with since the dawn of time. And these are two underwater uh, species that can't coexist. Even, yeah. even after the fall of the Empire, they're still fucked up. So um, I was a big fan of that. But getting into the eggs and whatnot. I also, I mean, just how cool is it, Nick, that she's sitting in a fucking aquarium to start yeah. because... She is an aquatic species. I, I just, I don't know. I love that they went there. You know, what I, I mean? always like wondered that, that too. Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I always wondered about that with like Admiral Radis and you know, all of the the Mon Calamari and Core out there that are just like on ships in the middle of space. Uh, do you have your own tank? Like, do you have like in your in your captain's chambers? On the ship, do you have like a water tank that you just hang right. out in while you're not on the bridge? Like,
0: or is it like, 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 do, do, does she have to go in the tank to stay alive? Or is this just like because she's captain, it's like her, her ready room or, or you yeah. know, like a treat? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like a treat. They don't need it, but if you can have it, it's way better to be sitting in a tank than sitting in your chair. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. Um, it just, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, like Sir Dork is saying, unnecessary, but awesome detail. Like, th- this is the type of shit. I love about Star Wars, just randomness, like this, this female corn captain sitting in a tank eating goldfish in it. That's was like, wow, that's <laughs> kind of fucking new. Uh, but the reason we're talking about her is not because of how she likes to travel. It's because one of her helmsmen or whoever uh, said something about Trask. That's where they are headed. If you remember, Trask was the planet from Mandalorian Season 2 that he took Frog Lady to and ended up meeting the Night Owls and starting his relationship which could become more than just a partnership with Bo-Katan. So there there was a reason for this. Um up next sticking with the corns. and you had how would you like that Nick? I mean any man would love to have their their woman caress their face with their tentacles. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that is some sexy shit. Oh yeah. That is sexing. But the Mon Cal, hear me out, one of these I'm, I'm, I'm kind of taking a, a long shot on, but if you go back to season one, you remember the bounty Din was given before he decided to rescue Grogu? It was for a Mon Cal nobleman
1: oh uh, yeah that could so be it for I, sure. i'm
0: i'm wondering if if this character this prince was this was the same bounty that din gave up and then obviously the mercenaries took it on
1: that would be a but- long time to wait to get that bounty done but yeah i mean it it's it it almost for sure is a callback like to, to yeah, that I, I, it, it,
0: it, it seemed it may line up and may not. But since I'm saying it, go ahead and consider it gospel. But the real the real reason we're talking about the prince is he was played by Harry Holland, Tom Holland's brother, Spider-Man. So there you go. <laughs> always uh, interesting tidbits that no one gives a shit about, but I do. So that's why you watch this, right? There's always time for Star Wars time. Like it. Hold on. I haven't done this in a minute. You got to do the old uh, subscribe. There we go. Call to action, my friends. Call to action. Okay, so once we get to Plasier 15, Nick mentioned it. There was a bunch of Imperial droids, and one in particular was our good old Death Star droid, the RA-7 model. So that was fun. The super obvious cameos. I mean, come on. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, but we had Jack Black and Lizzo portraying uh, King Bombardier. I actually... I. Like both of these characters. And I would not mind going back to Plasier 15. And then Lizzo was the Duchess. So, um, But, I mean, really, if you look at this scene, this whole scene is nothing but eggs and references. I mean, we had the frog species are in there. The bith are in there. You got some Ithorians, some Rodians, some Solastons, some ishy fucking Tibbs.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know my
0: shit! Let's do it! You got, they were drinking like some animal's like, uh, fluid up top. I couldn't quite tell what it was, but all sorts of crazy shit in there. Not to mention helmetless stormtroopers. You got to like that. Yes, they are wearing stormtrooper armor. They just ditched the helmets in favor of a pauldron and some sort of like frock that goes over the front. So lots of uh, nice little callbacks there in this scene. Hey, we've been wondering for, I think, over a year now who Christopher Lloyd was playing. We were hoping he was going to be some old crusty Mandalorian leader, but he turned out to just be some crazy ass holdover from the Separatist era, Commander Hellgate, Uh, but it's still fun to see the old man. I mean, he, that's Christopher Lloyd. I mean, you, you, you get what you get. I mean, that that was fucking Doc there, man. He yeah, was just no. missing the hair. You know what I mean? I mean, it was it's still Doc. That's think, Christopher Lloyd. He's the same guy in every fucking thing, and that's why we love him.
1: Yeah, no, I think he did a great job, honestly. I think he really killed uh, the role that he was given. I think he played it well. Uh, obviously, I mean, Christopher Lloyd is in his mid-80s now, so you can't expect him to be in action-packed scenes and stuff like that, but I think that um, he did a really great job of embodying that character, so yeah, good
0: stuff. Oh yeah, I, I'm gonna give Mr. Odizzle try to give him um, some coverage here. Um, email me, which I love, uh, please. If you ever want to send us feedback and you're not here in the live stream on Tuesdays, don't forget Tuesdays live stream 5 p. YouTube.com/slash Star Wars Time Show. But we do have a website, we have socials. Send us DMs, send us feedback. Uh, we do like it. I we got some good ones too this week actually. So thank you. But Odizzle, he was he was asking Nick if we still do Swago, and if he could gild up. And I'm like, bro. Nick quit many years ago, and I'm in like a legit guild. Like my GP is almost 10 million, and he's like, "Well, mine's 800,000." I'm like, "Yeah, we're not going to be able to to bring <laughs> you in the mine, but maybe if anyone's out there and they need a a an 800,000 GP player, get in touch with our our fan, Mister Odizzle." Uh, all right, moving right along with our Easter eggs, references, cameos breakdown. Um, you know, I talked earlier about the scene with the Ugnaughts, uh, Saphir was played by, I think it wasn't Misty Rosas, the, 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 one that was talking. How about that? A female Ugnaught kind of looks just like a, a male Ugnaught, Ugnaught. maybe <laughs> a slightly, slightly less crusty. Um, you know, they actually comb their hair a little bit. So yeah. I, I guess that was the difference, cleaned up but why we're, t- why we're talking about this is, um, I have no idea why I have this screen up, but anyways, there was a Carthon mention yes, <laughs> somewhere. Yes, I think that's was. why I have this screen. There's a Carthon mention. If you don't, if you forget where that was, that is the Prison Moon that Kara and and company went to pick up Mayfeld from in season two. So there you go. There was a reason I had this screen up, and I'm glad I remembered it. When Din and Bo go to investigate the docks and see what's going on with the the droids, uh, we get to see some B2s and some B1s. Uh, But more importantly, we just get a flat-out Clone Wars mention when Bo's like, I haven't seen this many battle droids since the Clone Wars. We all know that stuff is fun. And, Nick, this next one was the biggest of the episode, dare I say, the season. But the Vespas have returned! (laughs) And now they are painted white to match the plazier aesthetic. I know you Book of Boba Fett fans and haters were like, God damn, there they are. This is where they belong, not on Tatooine. And you know what? That's a fair assessment. Uh, (laughs) Star Wars scooters are definitely more suited for Plasier 15. I like the the bright
1: colors, though. I I wish the the bright red one was here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like red, green, blue. Yeah, man, the the colors of the rainbow, Skittles. But there they are, the Vespas that caused so many people so many uh, nights of lost sleep during the Book of Boba Fett. But they are back. Uh, the droid bar, it's like Jesus. I mean, who who wasn't there? We had the Rickshaw droids. We had, I mean, who else was there? We, we had the Rex droids from Star Tours. Speaking I of Star Tours, yeah, finally getting Star a new T- adventure. A new Rex is coming. Uh, the Rex graduates Star Tours. He's the DJ at the bar now in, in, in Galaxy's Edge. I mean, you, you pretty much had every fucking Star Wars droid you could think of at the bar. Uh, and I will agree with some people huge missed opportunity to not have the bartender say we don't serve We don't serve you
1: I I literally like as everything stopped I was like he's they're gonna say we don't serve your kind here but I think they already like they already kind of like played at that a little bit in the in like the original season of the Mandalorian when they walk into Mos Eisley Cantina and like the, the bartender there was now a droid, so it was already kind of like going back to that moment. Right. Yeah. I still think that it would have been great if they did it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, look, you got 88 droids in here, protocol droids, B-1s. I mean, it, it was all over the place. So, you know, if, if you're someone that's into the aliens and droids of Star Wars, that this episode should have popped you a chub nice and hard because it was loaded. And I will say... I think that fucking aqua blue protocol droid looked rad as hell. Like, C-3PO should reconsider his golden paint job because that, that blue chrome was pretty freaking slick. Why does it was. It looked really good. All right, how about this? I mean, it's kind of odd that droids need a morgue, but I guess when, when you have a problem going on, you want to keep them around to investigate. Yeah. But we got to see a white, reformed interrogation droid. And who knew those motherfuckers could shoot laser beams out of their I little prongs? Right? Like, I was like, geez, why why are you doing that? Like, You should just walk in and be like, hey, we're going to torture you. Oh, yeah, whatever. You're just going to inject me in the neck. No, you just go and like lop <laughs> off a body part. Like, what, yeah. what are we doing when injecting shit in their neck? You know, Crosshair should have just had his fucking right arm cut off. Just start
1: cutting you know, maybe- off fingers.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, That thing was great. You know, Din's like, oh, what if he crossed over? He's like, "Blah!" It's like, just blowing shit up all over the place. You know, Bo's getting nicked on the shoulder. And then our, our boy pulls out his 500-pound dark saber to, to save the day. So Indeed. thank you, Din. You are the man. Continuing with our breakdown... And this lady here, the uh, the doctor, the morgue lady, she's a comedian, by the way. I, I, I forget her name, but I, I had this. Th- po- that,
1: I was struggling too because I was like, I know who that is. I've seen this person in yep. in something before, but I could not place it. But yeah, yeah,
0: she's uh, mostly a comedian, but has been in other you know sitcommy type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the reason we're we're looking at her through this screen is she gave us a nice little techno union mention. You know, the little nanobots that were being used to. Uh, freak out the droids were from the techno union which was the group the separatist group part of the separatist group that uh, dealt with turning echo into a cyborg as well as other battle droid improvements and whatnot. not uh, so I mean again I mean dude this episode was just it, it just leaned so hard into the prequels so I found it odd that I believe prequel era fans were the most uh, upset but Hey, such is life. Like I told you earlier, I think the reason prequel fans have become some of the angriest trolls in Star Wars is because all the trauma they took as little kids from older people like me. So I guess uh, what is does it turn about as fair play or whatever that is. Um, just, just calm down, people. Don't, don't be like me. I, I lived with a lot of Star Wars anger after those prequels, and I can tell you, my, my fandom is is much less stressful. Now that I've let go some of that <laughs> <laughs> prequel eight, it just ain't worth it, man. Yeah. Because they're not going away. Like none of this stuff is ever going away. Like you you idiots are like, yeah, they're gonna delete the sequel trilogy through all this stuff. So it's like, oh yeah, well then you get a fucking announcement race coming back. So just calm down. Nothing's yeah. getting deleted. You Nothing's just gotta getting deleted. Nothing's
1: just getting live with it.
0: Come everything. to terms with it. Yeah. Come to terms with it. You know, that that's what I did with the Clone Wars. And and still really the the one movie and in particular just something that happens the narrative of Anakin's turn just will never sit well with me but we're n- we don't have time for that bullshit all right so we're looking at Hellgate again because he gave us two mentions I mean who knew that there was uh, you know some Dooku motherfucking fanboys out there I mean he he was like team Dooku all the way he he reminded me of a, a Donald Trump supporter I mean we're <laughs> we're talking dude we're we're talking 20 years at this point I past mean, sh- Dooku's shit. reign and and this guy's like, yeah, yeah, the Republic wasn't getting me. The empire wasn't getting me. Dooku it's, was a visionary. It, it's surprising <laughs> to me is that
1: like, it's way more than 20 because the reign of the empire was 30 plus years, right? The reign of the empire was almost, uh, almost exactly 30 years long. This is probably eight oh, yeah, or nine years, the, the kids, almost 40 years that duku has been dead. So, and the fact that he's still holding on to this shit is that's pretty that's pretty uh, zealous, I would say.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, he even brought up to you know those goddamn Jedi foiling plans. I mean, yeah. he he was completely bought. He completely bought into the ruse that, that the I whole also, galaxy was given.
1: I also like how he says, "Ah, oh, the uh, separatist is a pejorative." Where he called them something else. Like he was he was very quick to say, like, "Hey." We're not. No, he said, "I'm a lover of democracy." Yeah, is lover what he of that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, and he's really <laughs> not wrong. Like the funny yeah. thing is, as crazy as he is, he has been on the right side of things. If you if you do think about it, the republic because of Palpatine was purposely infringing on the galaxy's freedoms. And then the empire, clearly that that was their MO. That's all they did was yeah, infringe was on infringe people on
1: freedoms. Yeah. He so. is
0: like, you know, I guess I can kind of see it now why he would hold that grudge for so long because he is, he is a champion of democracy. It's just, he he kind of went about trying to prove his point in the, in the wrong manner.
1: We'll yeah, no, I that. mean, 100%. Uh, I, I don't disagree with, right, uh, the
0: Dooku. And then uh last but certainly not least, and and this has become a, a saying throughout the Mandalorian, I think it's get it's gotten dropped in every season of the Mando got dropped in the Book of Boba Fett. Hellgate gave it to us this year with the uh you know, isn't that the quack to calling the stifling slimy line <laughs> retort? So you know, we, we got to mention that now because it's become a saying thanks to the Mandoverse. So there you go. There is um, your breakdown for Guns for Hire, S3E6. Not as bad as you thought. Very Georgie.
1: Yeah, no. Maybe I think learn that some
0: lessons about our own society. I think that George would watch this
1: episode and be uh, pleased. I think you'd be smiling
0: va- from fucking ear to ear the entire time.
1: Yeah, no, I think it it really does kind of hit on everything that he said that Star Wars was you know, Star Wars is for kids. That's, you know, like the whole opening of this and the characters that Jack Black and Lizzo played, uh this little tea party, the the interactions with Grogu all definitely pushing towards the, the the children. Star Wars is about family at the end of the episode. The family of Mandalorians, like the lost family of Mandalorians kind of coming back together under one banner. I mean, this is this is George's Star Wars to a fucking T. So, yeah, and I I have to imagine that you may be right. If he was on set for one of these episodes this season, it was probably this one because of Bryce and her connection to George and everything. So.
0: It's yeah, the- I mean, I I know, uh, you know, most people after a BDH episode are, are are singing her praises. Obviously, that wasn't the case this week, but I, I thought she did a fine job. I, I love the direction of the episode. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think her her cuts were great. I liked how, you know, she you know, sometimes you don't really understand what a director's doing. I mean, they're trying to take the words from a page and turn them into moving images. But you got to be able to tell a story, too. So I liked some of her you know, landscape scenery shots of a transition back into the little train car they were on. She did. She did just fine. It was, it was a fine episode, move things forward. And it gets us to episode seven. So real quick, Nick, before we get into our detailed and I think very insightful Ahsoka teaser breakdown. What are we going to see tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I think tomorrow is going to be a reunion of the Mandal like the, the two sides of the Mandalorian society. Um, I think that from here, really, there's there's nowhere else for Din and Bo to go, at least mission-wise, other than back to where the you know the the covert Mandalorians are, the Creed followers, the the yeah. children of the Watch, and and then start to, and then I think what what'll happen from there is like they will probably start their their move to. Repopulate or like come back to the actual planet of Mandalore, and and I think that on Mandalore is where we will have the incursion of the uh, Imperial Remnant forces or whoever's out there that is opposing the Mandalorians. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of my guess is that we either by the end of Episode Seven they will have like gotten to Mandalore, and then Episode Eight will be like the one where shit goes down, or they'll get there a little bit earlier in episode seven. And then the conflict will, will start by the end of episode seven. So
0: yeah, Uh, this is never fun doing when A good portion of the world knows what actually happened, including some of our fans. So yeah, I'm not going to like spin my wheels too deep on this, but you know, even last week we were, we were wondering, okay, the, the, the whole Gideon and remnant thing needs to be folded in very soon. We were wondering if six would be the episode, And we were like, yeah, if it's not six, it's got to be seven or eight. I I don't think they're just going to hold him for eight. So I I do think episode seven with its runtime spends a a decent amount of time finally with the remnant to kind of get caught up with what they've been doing the past two years. Gideon's grand plans. Was he the one keeping track of of Bo or is it another warlord? Will there be any mention of Thrawn being the heir to the empire, which again, we now know is a thing thanks to ahsoka uh, so i think we get that and then from the mando side what else is there left to do uh, do we see them return to navarro with the fleet and muster the the children do they go somewhere else to meet or do they all just meet on mandalore that's what i'm unsure of i'm I'm not sure how yeah. the mandalorians are all gonna kind of muster and gather yeah for it, the it's, retaking it's like one of, of those things of mandalore. where you're
1: like you're you're two groups and you're meeting up and you're just calling each other it's like hey do we want to meet at your house when you're at my house right do we want to just meet at the movie theater like what do we want to do so
0: yeah uh, well you have to think some of the watch probably got left in the bunker because i mean Bo's gauntlet wasn't fitting in fucking that whole clan so you know does the fleet now they have the fleet that they go back there and pick everyone up i i don't know like that that shit's not important i i think the 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 pillars of this episode are going to be the Mandalorians putting the final touches on their plans to go retake Mandalore. And we finally get insights into the Remnant and their designs for the Mandalorians now that they've realized that they are coming back together. They're getting over some of their bullshit, which is going to be a major speed bump for whatever evil uh, plans and deeds they have cooked up over there with the uh, Remnant faction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um and, and ye, I kind of like, I kind of like what you were saying with maybe we do get to Mandalore by the end of this uh, episode, and then the the finale is nothing but stuff that takes place on Mandalore. I guess my question to you would be, if if we are, if everything is is set up and ready to go for the finale, the the big Mandalorian, whatever, yeah do we potentially see the the reunification purification ceremony first and then the empire comes to fuck all that up or is that after a potential small victory against the empire they they have a big celebration
1: yeah i think it would be more fitting i think it would it would be more fitting if it was like they get to mandalore and then boom the empire descends like immediately and then like instead of like having this period of time where it's like, oh, this weird, shaky like uh, you're, you're wearing they're kind your of helmet, you're not wearing your helmet. Realize that
0: they should work together.
1: Yeah, like literally, like trial by fire. Like, hey, you know, yeah. like I know that we haven't shaken hands on it and had our had our like, you know, welcome back to the fold feast yet? But like, there is shit that needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, we right we gotta now. take care of
0: business first yeah. before we have a party. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I like that too. I mean, I I think either way could work. It w- it would be interesting. Like these people, after all these decades being disparate clans, they finally get back together. They're happy. They're celebrating. They're they're unifying. And then the same faction that nearly blew up their planet and destroyed their culture comes in and, and rains on their parade. Um, but I, I like your take too, where you know, uh, th- th- there's no time for nonsense. There's no time to to kind of work on a new charter per se for Mandalorians, you know, what's our mission statement. They just get right into the fucking, the the thick of things. And then they realize like, yeah, we are pretty great when we work together. Look what we just did.
1: I think that that's, that was what I was going to say is like, there, there's no time. There would be no time for either faction to be like, Oh, well, are they, are these people really worthy? It's like you prove (laughs) like it's proven by both sides. Let's all take a bath. It's yeah. all
0: bathed in the living waters. Like it's, it's your turn now. It's
1: proven in combat immediately. I think that would be the best way to do it. All right. Okay. We'll see. All
0: right, dudes. Let, let's get into the uh, the Ahsoka breakdown. And boy, was that a treat on Friday. And really the biggest news coming out of Celebration. And as I said, if if you are here listening, and you actually are listening, and, and you can make it through some of our sloggier uh, episodes... You should have known a lot of this stuff coming at you. None of it, I, I, I think, is plot shattering. That's why we we talk about some of these leaks on the show. Uh, but we a lot of stuff that was revealed, we we kind of knew. So yeah. um, this is- some of the new. I'll just before we get into the breakdown, just real quick, Nick. Uh, they they finally officially made the cast, but we told you uh, Diane and Santo was going to be back as Morgan. You know, Ray has been rumored to be involved. Ivana has been rumored to be involved. Uh, Mary Elizabeth, and and we pretty much told you all the characters. I mean, we, we were leaning towards Mary being Mary being hair, and sure enough, she is. Yeah. And we just recently talked about the the return of of Morgan and how Balin and Shin are tied with her. So it's nice to just get all that confirmed. Um, we also learned that uh, Ming Ming Qui or Ming Shi, I forget how you pronounce Q U I in the Chinese dialect, but the stunt coordinator there is playing that, which to me, we'll talk about, looked like an Inquisitor character that Ahsoka's squaring off against. Uh, We told you Lars was going to be Grand Admiral Thrawn, and sure enough, that was uh, made true. We got the new poster, and really, Nick, I think the only other thing that was new was we got a date, which, hey, if you've been listening to me over the past few weeks, I told you Ahsoka's probably going to take that That Andor end of summer, early fall slot. Sure enough, August 2023 is the date. And last but not least, before we break down the trailer, right? Yeah, 2023. Yeah, no, you're right. My bad. Yeah, it's this summer, buddy. Don't give me a heart attack. Like, come on. We need, we're going from spoiled Star Wars podcasts of having new shows from January to March to now we're going to have, I mean, April, we're going to have like a three-month break before we get Ahsoka. But hey, we know it's coming. And like I said, the last little bit of news, obviously uh, Iman's confirmed as Ezra, but Kevin Kiner is doing the soundtrack, which I thought was was kind of cool because he's kind of been with Dave throughout the, the animated Star Wars and it makes sense that he he made the transition over to Dave's first live action project. So
1: I I will say the only thing that I'm just going to go out and say, and I've said this before, this is why I hate leaks because this was the most like, like I should have been excited for this and I saw it and I was like, yeah, this is everything that we heard fucking a year ago. Like (laughs) leakers, honestly, Go get a fucking real job, like go do something and not spoil shit because like this, like Leaker literally made this entire celebration so uninteresting. Because we knew everything that was coming before it got there.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't blame the leakers. I'd blame the assholes that are giving up the leaks. Because yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll all, tell you right now, them. like all of a, a, as, a, as someone that would would like to one day get some recognition for all this Star Wars work, you, you got to find the leaks. I mean, sadly, that's just that's where the clicks are at for for a site like ours. But yeah, you, I mean, it 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 does rob you of joy. Uh, that's why these days, when I'm over on leaks, I, I don't really get into the the deep, nitty-gritty plot stuff. Like, I, I could have read all about Episode Seven Mandalorian, I could have read about the finale of Mandalorian, but that, that stuff I leave alone. If it's just characters that we could speculate on, we don't really know the meat of it, sure, I'm going to talk about it. Um, but l- let's get into the trailer. I, I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. I, I liked the look of it again kind of like the season of Mando it didn't feel confined to just the volume it, it, it felt like a world it, it felt like a world that we know I mean seeing live action Lothal uh, awesome you, knowing Sabine still in, in Ezra's home awesome uh, but let's get down to it because I got some notes did a breakdown obviously if you want to watch the full breakdown and get it quicker than just listen to our dumbasses, it's been up on youtube slash star wars time show All right, so here we go. About to break this thing down, and I think I did a pretty damn good job because we we know more than most people. But Nick, it opens up with Ahsoka uh, like in this temple sort of location, and uh, I think from some of the imagery, it's pretty clear this this temple, this location, has ties to the world between worlds. you can really see that imagery once she cuts herself using, might yeah. I add, a, a patented Ahsoka Tano move with lightsabers and cutting a hole in the ground and falling through. She hasn't done that. This isn't the first time she's done it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about real quick, I'm looking at the second slide here. If you're on the live stream, you know we, we, we have stills for you to look at. If not, you can pull up StarWarsTime.net as you listen. But I think I'm on the second slide, Nick. It's right when she throws her swords down. Based on some subsequent scenes in the trailer, I think this is taking place after she battles those Morgan Elsbeth droids that we saw from season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. Um, And and I'll show you why, because she's essentially fighting them right here at this circle. And then she cuts it. So I, I think. Oh wait, you she can has- if
1: you go when we get to it. You can see that there's already a hole in the ground when she's fighting them.
0: Oh, see, I, yeah. I thought that I thought the the symbol was back. So good catch. Anyways, yeah, she's going there. And, and this shot I have up now. There you go. There's the world between worlds imagery, just in case hmm. you weren't getting it from the, uh, the, uh, the 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 temple and some of the fallen columns here. King of San- Sanity saying, "Have we gotten on the subject of Lizzo's fun bags yet? No, we have not." And yes, they were big. So there, there you go, buddy. <laughs> fun bags. That's always, a, you know, that, that is a classy name to refer to breasts. I, I actually have some fun bags myself. All right. So as this is going on, Nick, Ahsoka is saying something's coming, something dark. I sense it. And we get a shot of Sabine and. I think many people notice she's let her hair grow out. Yep. You know, Nick, she's kind of staring at her helmet, and, and you gotta wonder: do you, Do you think Sabine has kind of been in seclusion all these years, and and maybe not even following her her Mandalorian clan at this point? Yeah. I mean, it seems like it. It doesn't seem like, I mean, it was all, she was
1: already like barely a Mandalorian. She already, like, she had a bad relationship with her parents during Rebels. She invented
0: the the death ray and and was kind of exiled anyway. Yeah. They were like, you know
1: what? You probably shouldn't come back. Um, but I think that that's likely what happened is like, she had a new family, you know, like the family that it was the ghost crew. Yeah, that she made with the ghost crew, especially her and Ezra's relationship was very close. Um, And then when Ezra was lost, I mean, her like she wanted to dedicate her life to like finding these guys like we have to get them back. And
0: I mean, she moves into his place. I mean, she literally moves the Lothal into the tower he he was living. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you think about it, it's been what, 20 years at the very least?
0: That, no, that, no, 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 no! Not for these people. You gotta remember Ezra and them; they were during the original trilogy. So we're about nine years.
1: No, because um, it was, it was. Well, yeah, I guess so. Because they it, that happened right before no, 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 episode no, no. Hold four on. We're, started. We're all fucked
0: up. Yeah. No, ep- so it was episode four. Yeah, probably about probably about fourteen years or yeah,
1: so. almost twenty years. Kind of outside because it was episode four. Was it was zero. Aby, like it was the first year of the new calendar or whatever, and then right. the first season of the Mandalorian took place seven Aby, I believe. Right.
0: After and the now battle. we're two years. No, two years. Was,
1: fuck man, I got let's Here, I got. It.
0: I got. I got. I figured it out. Mandalorian, where we're at right now in the Mandalorian's timeline, we're nine years beyond Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah. So nine plus. We got to argue. The original trilogy probably took about five years. If if we had you know one or two years in between A New Hope, uh, Empire, and then Empire and Jedi. So yeah, I, I think fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, somewhere a less than twenty. But that's where we're at. Yeah, not that any of This fucking now. matters. The, but there you go. Solved. Yeah.
1: So solved. It's been a while, and you've had no crack in this case at all. Like you haven't yeah. found Ezra. You haven't found enough information to. To even give you, I would assume, to give you a real clear idea of how to get to Ezra, and and now she may have heard rumblings of you know Mandalorian society starting to coalesce under Bo-Katan Kryze, who she's aware of, like she knows of. Bo-Katan. Yeah, you know, she's met. Now that I think
0: about it, we at least from making Star Wars, he believes that some of Ahsoka is going to take place before. We meet her in Mandalorian season two during and after. So Nick, now that we just, you know, blew our brains up trying to figure out the timeline, (laughs) there is a chance that Ahsoka parts of it at least are taking place before this Mandalorian potential reunification. Yeah. So there's a chance. Let's just say that there's a chance. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't think that, that, sabine is going to insert herself into like the world of mandalorian politics by any way shape or form because i don't think that she's interested in that and and even after she finds ezra i don't think that that would be what she would choose to do either so i think that there is really like this this scene that we're talking about it is a moment of reflection on like her past and where her future may lie because yeah she was born a Mandalorian at one point, but she has chosen a path opposite of that. So, like, what does this helmet mean to her? Yeah, now? Yeah,
0: Sabine would be in the Bloodline faction. She'd yeah. be like the Dark Saber zealot type of Mandalorian. So, you know, looking at Natasha in the role, how, how do you think did they did they cast the right person? I think they did a good
1: job. Yeah, I mean, I think that that she has a very similar look to sabine obviously like we said her hair has grown out significantly but she still now did chooses- that make
0: you want to light your star wars rebels box set on fire seeing sabine's hair long because <laughs> some people really were upset
1: uh well i'm sure that they'll put out uh a, a, a more figures for the people out there who are very <laughs> you know trust me <laughs> there'll be look, another fucking like the, sabine the, the figure shit I'm people
0: wondering. zero in on sometimes and like what are you missing in your life the, the, i mean the fat, like
1: the people with their like lengths of things like Ahsoka's Leku was too short and, you know, Sabine's hair is too long. It's like, why do you give a fuck? Like nobody looks at you after you've had a haircut three weeks ago and be, and, and says your hair's longer. Nobody cares. Like Right right um, you know, yeah so, so I,
0: I mean in the end she's probably cutting it anyways because I'm pretty sure we've seen a shot of Natasha with, with the Bob like the Sabine Bob, which means she's strapping back up so don't yeah, worry so people like, and, oh, the other care. thing they also showed a like a behind the closed doors thing and and yes she does have the green <laughs> lightsaber so thank you. Uh, yeah you guys are right I'm stupid I can see the hole now so those droids definitely come after Ahsoka's found whatever she was looking for on this world between world location and these are the same style of droids that were protecting Morgan on Corvus so clearly they're a part of, of her cabal uh, are they tied to Thrawn more than likely we, we did learn that yes all that is is legit Morgan is a a Thrawn acolyte if you will or at least has a reason to get him and, and so do Balin and Shin and these droids are, are obviously a part of their forces. So, Nick, it looks like to me instead of wielding Beskar spears, they have kind of like those pikes that the uh, what uh, the hell type of droids had in, in from the prequels. Yeah, what I can't remember their names, but Mag- it was the Magna Guards, Magna yes, Mag- Guards, Magna
1: the ones that were on Dooku's ship. Yeah, uh, you, you would have ship, to Im- ship. Grievous.
0: Yeah. You would have to imagine these things are capable of defending a lightsaber i don't know uh, yeah. just like the magna guards were
1: yeah i would assume uh, so yeah so Probably. it's interesting
0: i mean do you do you think that again where i'm looking at the scene of ahsoka being uh challenged by three droids do you feel this is early season type of content I like, do we're, we're think we're that learning a bit early. about what she's looking for okay yeah me too
1: yeah i mean i i think that there's kind of a There's a pattern with Star Wars trailers that that almost every show is kind of fallen into. Usually you see scenes from the first like third of the season. And then you you kind of like everything kind of falls off after that. That was
0: you are right, because and it's it's kind of crazy what they did with the Mandalorian, because Mandalorian had trailer scenes in it all the way through episode six. Yeah. They, so really, they episodes seven them, right? and eight are, are should be completely fresh. We should have not have seen any of this shit unless you were at Celebration last week and got into that panel. So, but yeah, yeah, and more than likely, what we saw in this Ahsoka trailer will be from episodes one through four, maybe one through five. Um, but I I would have to guess that she's gonna kick their ass. Uh, They do look cool though. These are, I I do, I do like this style of droid and uh, I don't care that I never bought the action figure. I am so done with -hmm. the black series. It is so great. Like I got through all celebration with not giving a flying fuck about a single exclusive or reveal from Hasbro. It was awesome. (laughs) (coughs) Hold on. I got like some shit coming up my throat.
1: And Matt's been uh, get catching a, a sickness right now, but
0: yeah, um, no, there, there's something going on. All right, moving on with the trailer here. Hey, now the Phantom, Phantom is time. back. I, I love that they just dropped the Phantom there, and it wasn't the ghost right off the bat. I mean, the the, the Phantom, is someone the place will go. I mean, it's 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 a ship you 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 become very familiar with, and you might love, especially if you have um, Admiral Radish right now as your ship captain. Uh, but the Phantom's always been cool, because remember, they, they used to have a, a, an original detachable ship that gets blowed the fuck up, but then they they steal this one <clears throat> from the Empire, and it, it's kind of like an old uh, Separatist-style ship, but it is the Phantom. They are chasing something, Nick, and I wonder, it, you know, it looks like it's like this big disc being, being hung from a transport, and you gotta wonder, like... Would this be Hera maybe in the know with Ahsoka kind of fucking with Morgan's designs to build this ship to go find Thrawn? Or do you think this is Hera as General of the New Republic taking on some shithead that's messing with the New Republic?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really like. I mean, I gotta figure it has something to do with the Thrawn angle. Um, again, it depends on how early in the season it is,
0: how dude, I mean, if you look at it, it could be even a device that may, you may need, if you would transporting a worlds between worlds per se, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely something of import for travel. That's what I was, it looks like some kind of engine, like maybe like, you know, either like a, like a super advanced hyperspace engine, or like you said, some sort of tech that might be linked to the world between worlds in some way, shape or form. But I do think that this is
0: probably Thrawn related. All right. And we also got our first shot. Well, I guess we got a background shot of the of the Leku's there looking good, baby. I love you. Uh, There you go. Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Harrison Doola. We think good look. Good cast. Uh, I like Mary
1: Elizabeth Winstead uh, as an actress, so I was a big fan of the casting. Keep, when we
0: keeping like, it in the in the McGregor family, right? I mean, yeah, it's just uh, some nepotism going on here. I mean, <laughs> he brought his his daughter from another relationship into the Kenobi series. You know, she was kind of the crackhead on that that Dayu world, and and now his lady love, yeah. playing Harrison Dula. So, uh,
1: oh yeah, pretty I think cool. It's a, it's a good good casting for sure. And then this next oh shot here is, you
0: go. Here you go. She, a lot of people saying she looks too young and I'm going, she's a fucking alien. Okay. Like Yoda can live to 900. Who's to say a twilight can't live to 150 and have good looking skin when they're in their, you know, fifties or sixties.
1: Yeah. A twilight can live 180 years. Yeah. There you
0: go. So go (laughs) fuck yourself, everybody. That's what I mean. I think a lot of people forget that this shit ain't real. Yeah. It's not real. Okay, Let me remind you all, this is science fiction. Okay? It's not real. You can't say, hey, she has arms, legs, and a head. She's like me. She should look old and crusty at this point in time. Get over
1: Uh, it. Yeah, I mean, 180 years, there are are Twi'leks known to live over 200 years. So she's still young. Thank you.
0: (laughs) She's still young. I'll have more of this type of commentary once we get to Balin and Shin for all you motherfuckers freaking out about colors. So just calm down. There's our boy Chopper. Nothing to say about him besides... He is one of the best fucking astromechs on the planet, if not my favorite. Uh, Yeah, I I just, I I love how angry he is. I love that he hates most other droids. I love the way he talks and that he has arms that come out of his head. He's fantastic. And he's actually the first one of the Rebels team to make it to live action on screen. So this is not new for him. It's new for everyone else. I mean, Syndulla only got a, a page call in Rogue One. We did not see her. All right. There he go. There he is, Mr. Ray Stevenson. And I fucking love the way they styled him for Balin's skull. I, I I love the white beard, the hair, just the all-black outfit, the black hood, the, the, the black shoulder pauldrons. Fucking kick ass. Yeah. I think no, he I think great. He looks
1: great. He looks great. I think he sure.
0: looked great. And now that it is confirmed that he is playing this this shady character who definitely can use the force. Ray being what 6'3 or something like that. I mean, I, he is gonna look fucking fantastic look on screen in action. And I just I love the way he sounds. Like this this guy, I mean, he just sounds like a badass. So I'm Big all fan. for it. Big fan. I'm all for it. Um, uh, but yeah, as as we were going through, some of the, the verbiage going here, specifically from Balin, was this is a new beginning. For some, war. For others. And it just kind of trails off. So, who do you think he's talking to in this still here? I, I don't think he's quite talking to Ahsoka yet. I wonder if he's talking to like Morgan or Shin, or maybe even if they've run into Thrawn at this point. That's probably not Thrawn, me, but.
1: Yeah, to me, it's either Morgan or Ivana, Sokno, Shin. Okay. Uh, like, it's Shin, probably Shin, one Shin of those Hati.
0: Things. We have her name too. H A T I. Shin Hati. I think so. I don't think it's Haiti. I think it's Hati, Hati knowing probably Star not, Wars. Yeah,
1: it's probably Hati or something like that. Yeah, but so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I would
0: imagine that that's
1: not a line that would necessarily be spoken to Ahsoka early on, probably right. like during a scheming session with either Morgan God, yeah. or uh, yeah, Shin, for sure. if that makes
0: sense. For sure. And speaking of Shin, there she is. Um. She two, again, I I Yeah. Fucking looks awesome. I, I I think this girl. I I I guess I had to go rewatch Pacific Rim to see her uh, again, but just from the blips in the trailer, she looks fucking awesome. She looks like she can wield a blade, and she definitely looks like she's angry. You know what's uh, but cool
1: I, too? Like very little. We you're right. We did see very little, but her movement seemed very yes. interesting and quick, and like natural.
0: Know. It looked like she actually knows how to to wield yeah, the blade. Exactly. But but you'll notice here, Nick, um, She's she's got a little symbol on her belt. I couldn't quite tie it to anything. Uh, she's not in full black. Hers is more of like a gray tunic.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I, I just want to remind everyone, we don't know who these people are. I, I know sometimes you're like, oh, shit, they're wearing dark and they have the Force. They're Sith. They're not. We yeah. don't know that. In fact, Dave Filoni himself came out this weekend and clarified a point I'll be talking about here about their lightsabers and how we shouldn't be quick to... Judge or, or or decide who they are or what type of faction they are. Yeah. Either way, Ivana as um, in- Shin Hati looking kick ass, and and really this whole scene, Nick. It looks like she makes her way onto a New Republic oh. cruiser of some uh, some sort. Gets to the bridge where we have this low level officer. I mean, is that a captain? A one dot? Could be a captain. Yeah. She's at least sitting in the captain's chair, and and that's where we see our first look at the blades that Shin and Balin will be using. Yeah. And some people, including Stump, by the first thing he says, like, yo, dude, are, are are they doing orange lightsabers now? And he's like, that's kind of dumb. And I was like, well, listen, man, we, Hi. we don't know who the fuck these people are. So let, let's mean, not be quick to I've freak been, out.
1: Like this kind of shit has been in star Wars, the old Republic since the day this fucking game came out. Like I whipped like double orange lightsabers for like a full year when I was playing that game. So like this thing just looks like something that I'm super used to.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and it got crazy enough, Nick, that they actually asked Dave at celebration and they're like, Hey, you know, those lightsabers looked orange. And Dave was like, yes, someone picked up on that. I did that on purpose. Cause if you, if, if some of you motherfuckers, and I, I, I hate saying all of you, cause I know most people listen to this show. You're not a douche. But if you are one of these douches, just just watch the rest of the trailer. That Inquisitor-like figure that Ahsoka is fighting has a red lightsaber. And it is clearly red where these clearly are not. So that should signify something to you. These people probably aren't Sith. Okay? That's okay. We can't have groups out there that aren't sith Or aren't Jedi. There's this whole unaligned force user thing that has taken place in the Star Wars franchise that some of you need to get clued into. I mean, the, the,
1: the closest that I can make a comparison to, for those of you who are like Old Republic, Old EU fans, stuff like that, is like there were a whole like separate faction of unaligned force users in the old Republic days that were just called the Revenites. They weren't Sith. They weren't Jedi. They were followers of Revan, a particular person. They had lightsabers of all different colors. They could do what they did, whatever they wanted. Like, um, so to me, the closest, like, you know, faction that you could call these two is something similar to Revanites more than likely. It's like, they have an ideal that they follow. Or they have like a personage that they follow, and not necessarily a particular yeah. religion that, or whatever. That
0: person could be could be Thrawn, could be, could Thrawn. be Morgan. Yeah. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out on a, on a crazy theory here. And and we don't have to dive into it, but just I want to get it out into the ether. Clearly, we've known since day one that the that the Ahsoka series is going to deal with the world between worlds. We know what the world between worlds can do with with time travel and whatnot. Could we postulate, my friend, that Balin and Shin are possibly coming from the past or the future to change things that they don't like that they know happen? would be interesting. What what if they're coming from, like, the High Republic era?
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be, and we know that in the High Republic area, there were Force users out there who were not necessarily Sith, like... You know, unaligned kind of nefarious force users who weren't necessarily Sith. Um, the the only I mean, I guess it really comes down to like the like how the world between worlds functions because we have such a limited set of knowledge on how that actually works, but we also know that the world between worlds own like can basically like control who it reveals itself to, because that's why like Palpatine couldn't use it because he was, he never could access it. Right. Um, but you know, people like Ezra could. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, you're right from our limited knowledge of, of the WBW. It's essentially like a, uh, kind of like in the, in the matrix, the the keymaker, how he can open doors yeah. and he gets kind of behind the code. Or if you ever played a video game and you, you break it and you get behind the code. That's what WBW is, and you have all these doors that can take you to different eras of a of a timeline. Uh, I don't know if I don't think Star Wars, at least in Rebels, uh, approached the idea of of multiverses through the world between worlds. I think it was just more pure time travel. So, like I said, I I don't I don't really know shit, but. If if you think about these people can use the Force, and they do seem like a master and apprentice, and they've made it all the way up through the fall of the Empire and whatnot, that, that means they would have made it through Order 66, at least Balin, he's old enough to have been around. Who's to say that they're not coming from a different timeline?
1: Could be. Could Where they be just skipped
0: sure. all that shit. So... I'm just. I want to put it out there early. We got many more months before the season comes here, and they could very well just be disgruntled force users, or Balin was, and he took on Shin. But what if they are coming from either a different part of the timeline, or a you know a a different realm? If the world between worlds can can kind of tie into that shit.
1: Like. The world between worlds itself opens up so many possibilities in Star Wars. Like you, you now have the the possibility of uh, of a Star Wars multiverse where there yeah. are multiple universes out there. These people could have crossed over from different universes. You know, like what they can do with that particular tool that they created for rebels is kind of an endless open sea.
0: You know? Right. I mean, look, look, look! What's happening in with with, with DC? That what's going to happen with Flashpoint, and then what's happening now with the MCU because of multiverse? The shit yeah. can get fucking wacky.
1: It can, it can get really weird. So I I do hope that they have like a little bit more limited right. yeah. uh, ability, or they they keep the the world between worlds limited to like you know t- like time travel and stuff like that, and not like truly go in a multiversal type of fashion. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, don't
0: wanna, I don't really want to get into a multiverse for Star Wars, but time travel, it's already happened, so okay. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping it's limited to that, but since that can happen, we all have to be open to the idea that Balin and Shin may have come from a different point in time to try yeah. and change something just like Ezra did for Ahsoka. Okay, we know that that can happen. Yeah, definitely. Even though we could argue the Ahsoka save is kind of the, the whole chicken and the egg debate, he still technically is, is why she got out, okay? All right, so there we go. I like that. Good stuff there. Orange lightsabers are okay. I, I think these were probably my my favorite shots from the trailer, and the ones I'm talking about if you're not on the stream are when we're literally on live-action Lothal, and you see Ahsoka's ship come over right over Sabine's tower used to be Ezra's tower just great looking cinematography here love the shots love that they kind of included a a somewhat extended scene in a trail usually don't get to see that but we do make it to the um it seems Nick at least based on their conversation uh Sabine responds to Ahsoka been a while Ahsoka says things have changed it seems they've they've been apart for quite some time. At least yeah. when Ahsoka comes to Lothal on that ship to meet with her.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that especially for Ahsoka, um, where they parted, you know, obviously they they were both like, we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to find Ezra, but I I mean. It I have to imagine that with everything that was going on in the galaxy at that time, with the rise of the Empire and with everything else that was happening in terms of just like uprisings, rebellions, and stuff like that, that like maybe Ahsoka just couldn't find the time, you know? Like Ahsoka's like, there's, there, well, I I want to find him, but there's just too much shit for me to
0: do. Like now we we probably have to look this up, but I'm I'm 99% sure this is correct. But Dave Filoni has said like, listen, the the Rebels epilogue its timing may not be what a lot of fans think he's essentially saying like oh yeah you thought it was just right after jedi but he's like that that may not be the case the rebels epilogue could have been maybe during this fucking timeline we're going to see in ahsoka so everyone's got to kind of keep that in the back of their head too where you know what what we're the the ahsoka series itself could span a a couple years decades (laughs)
1: A decade? yeah, I mean, hell, even,
0: yeah, if there's flashbacks for, yeah, I forgot. I mean, we keep forgetting that Hayden is involved in this thing, too, so. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Yeah. you're you're correct. Flashbacks could come in, but I, I think even in the present Mandoverse timeline, Nick, we could see... You know, some sh- things happening two years prior, and then maybe things catching up to the Mando timeline when they actually do go out and, and look for Thrawn. And maybe that's when this is happening. You know, maybe that's why Sabine does have her hair growing out. She has been chilling because Ahsoka's been out trying to nail down these, as she says, I've been hearing whispers about Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. So that maybe that's what Ahsoka's been doing. During this Mandiverse timeline, going, yeah, going the Corvus. That's why she was there. She learned some stuff from Morgan, and now as she hears more whispers, she's ready to go do the search in earnest again. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's good just seeing these these ladies together. All right, next scene here. This seems to be, Nick, some sort of New Republic uh, capital ship flotilla, I'm assuming, Um, that's where this meeting with Mon Mothma and her uh, various delegates are taking place. Mm -hmm. And uh, we see a a subsequent scene coming up here where it looks like Ahsoka docks with these ships, probably to go and ask them for help. Kind of like we talked about a week or two ago, how it sounded like the first part of Ahsoka is going to deal with the new Republic and it's failings with the remnant and that shit's coming down the pipe that they're just not responding to. Ahsoka's is going to try to get them to help. And they're probably going to say, sorry, we just can't dedicate that much. Yeah. But another or cool could moment be a, from
1: a warning too. It could just be her literally saying like, Hey, you yeah. guys aren't tracking this because y'all are too busy, you know, building a government, but like something is coming and I just want to make you aware. And they're like, yeah, whatever. We'll-
0: Yeah, I mean, Carver in the chat here, good point. They could also be a new type of force wielder from whatever part of the universe. Yeah, of course. That's what I mean. But they probably got here through the world between worlds somehow. Who knows? We'll we'll just have to see. But what I was going to say here, Nick, on this pulled out shot of uh, Mothma in her, I don't know, her cabinet, that's fucking Kaz's dad right there in green kaz uh, ziono from star wars resistance good call that's his father so that that was awesome i'm glad resistance is still a a thing to some people as much as many of you hated it i really do still appreciate that that animated series um and and we always have to on the show let's just honor and appreciate genevieve o'reilly as mon mothma you know what's funny, Nick? It seems like after they they beat the empire, Mothma's like, you know what? I don't want to look all kind of run down anymore. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna let my hair grow out again. Excellent. I'm gonna wear, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on some some cloaks and capes again. <laughs> I'm not just gonna wear my white and my necklace. Yeah, because you know? she did. She she's got her hair grown out again. So good for her. Yeah. No.
1: Definitely. Love it.
0: I like, dude, I like this Carver Tate, whoever this person is. I would love it if Ahsoka went into the WBW and pulled an older future Grogu into the store. Yes, that would be fucking great, man. <laughs> I love Grogu, and I love that he's just kind of chilling this season. He's biding his time. All right, here's a big one here, and those in attendance got to see the front shot. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go over to Reddit Leaks. Uh, Justin, SW Props, image is still up there, but we got confirmation Thrawn is here and it is Lars. We just got to see the back of his head in the release trailer. But Nick, if you look what he's on, he's clearly on the, the bridge or in a, uh, you know, in the main room of this device that Morgan is building for him. Because what we'll see in a few more stills here that Morgan is on that same bridge. So yeah. it seems this this golden looking viewport could very well be the ship the device that Morgan has been working on all these years to try to find Thron which means if he's on it they found the motherfucker yeah okay yeah uh here's the shot I, sh- I showed you of uh, that's got to be Ahsoka's ship pulling They're up to in. the yeah new yeah. republic so I think that's where she's going to make her pitch uh but then we get a shot of Ahsoka in you know I'm I'm thinking it is like a a worlds between worlds portal I also got some some hints and feels of that that Typhon Seeing Stone bubble that kind of popped up, but th- but I'm talking about the moment where you know she's she's ready to battle. She's talking to Balin and, and she drops the you know heir to the Empire line, which I'm sure a lot of Zon fans pop Chubbies over. Good for you. I don't read. Who gives a shit? Um, but I, I I'll, I'll kind of show you what I mean here, Nick. Did you feel like her and Balin were in the world between worlds, kind of having this this duel?
1: yeah it's it's an interesting position to be in Let me, i'll just I I i'll do... skip
0: to the next shot where you can see it better but you yeah. got like these camera devices around and that's what i was gonna does, say like it it looks like they're kind of on a, a very similar stone platform to what you saw on tython but then around it the world between worlds kind of almost envelops the the stone structure and, and pillars right
1: yeah it's almost like a it's almost like a like a like a rest stop within the world between worlds, where you can, like, you know, instead of just like popping from one place to another place in time like this is a place where you could almost like stage whatever you were going to do. And
0: then yeah, like like almost like choose. it's the portal to get into it. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, maybe you're not in the world, but this is how you get into it. But if they're in something, cause you can see the lines and the circles and the stars. Mm-hmm. So this very well could be the live action version of the WBW. We gotta remember we, we've only seen the, the all black and and like rainbow trail or white trail, almost light bridges from rebels. Uh, but, I mean, they got these cameras around. It's weird. So, I, I don't know. I, I, it's definitely WBW adjacent, if not a portal, if not WBW itself. But um, they're, they're squaring off, and this is where you really get a good look at, at Balin's kit. And I, I fucking dig it, man. I mean, shit. I, I like it better than, than Maul. I mean, he's up there with Darth Vader in terms, in my opinion, in terms of his look. I like that just straight black with the pauldrons. It is. It's very uh, medieval knight-like. You know yeah, what I mean? Like it almost feels like he's in a, a suit of armor, and I, I fucking dig that.
1: Yeah, no, I think he looks great, and yeah, I mean, like him and and Shen are such interesting characters that I'm really eager to learn more about. Uh, because they do kind of almost feel out of place in where they are, you know,
0: they're, 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 I mean, they're so far from Sith or Jedi. That's clear. I mean, they, they, they they don't look like either faction. They wield a different color lightsaber, but they clearly have the force and use laser swords. Um, so it's, it's funny that they left a lighting rig in here. Oh, this thing there. Yeah, yeah, Maybe they did. Maybe they maybe they don't. That's what I mean. I mean, you got like all these little cameras sitting around. Is that in world or do they just forget to, you know, Starbucks coffee like in Game of Thrones? I, I doubt it. I, I think all that shit there is there on purpose. Yeah, it, it's almost like this this place has been excavated just like the world between worlds and rebels. I mean, they, they dug it up somewhere and they were kind of focusing on it. So the uh, same thing could be happening here between these two. But this this looks like at least one of the duels between our protagonist and antagonist is going to take place here. Um, I did skip two shots, but just to remind everyone, here is Morgan on the bridge of that, uh, what we're thinking is the ship that she had to build to go and find Thrawn, so that confirms all that. And like I said earlier, it, it confirms now that he's on that fucking bridge that they they, they probably get their their mission accomplished. Um mm-hmm. and then here's Balin with his thicker Claymore style sword, which you can see a little bit, right, Nick? You can see the hilt is a little yeah. bit wider than you'd traditionally get on a on a lightsaber.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little bit wider. It's not quite the the hilt. Style that you saw from Kylo that was like, you know, exuding the additional energy from the cross guard, but it definitely does have like a small cross guard that essentially stops. Like the thing with a lightsaber blade is now and like we, we rarely see it happen is like if you go blade to blade and you just slide your blade down, you could cut somebody's arm off easily.
0: Uh, well, least- Dude, have you seen the? <laughs> this was fantastic. I think it was it was in in the fall of twenty two, but it was a meme going around of like <laughs> two fat black guys, kind of showing how ridiculous lightsaber duels are. Because just like you said, when they lock up, the black guy would just retract his, and then. Uh, light it again into the guy's stomach you know what I mean like oh you're gonna block me he just takes it down and then fucking stabs the guy so yeah I think we saw you're not wrong dude you're not lightsaber dueling is kind of ridiculous it is kind of weird and I
1: know that they've like started to incorporate a little bit more of that into it like (laughs) dropping lightsabers and catching and reigniting them and stuff like that and like realizing that you know you have these people who have trained with this weapon for generations and and like all they're really doing is just smacking them against each other. Yeah. Light on light. That's it. It's <laughs> yeah, just light so. on light.
0: Um, yeah, you know no, what, dude? Cool I mean, the, the more I see Balin in, in his his dress, the more I'm like this dude screams High Republic, you know, because they they don't aren't, I don't know shit about High Republic. Uh, Dr. Matt Studio, welcome. Carver, hey, I love when new fans find us and want to stick around, so I'm glad you, you tuned in at the right segment, and I wasn't yelling at everybody. You never know. Sometimes new fans join in, and I'm I'm, I'm on one of my screeds, and they're like, all right, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> but, Nick, I mean, you just look at this guy. You're like, knight, 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 High Republic, Jedi Knights. I don't know. I, I He just... <sighs> It could be. I mean, you you heard it here first, people, just in case. Yeah,
1: I mean, even like you called out with um, with Shin and that symbol that's on her belt and in the earlier screenshots, like something that we've never seen before that we really can't link to anything. Uh, You know, there's a lot of possibilities with the world between world and where these characters come from, where they could be from. So
0: any of you high republicers out there i don't know if we have any of our fandos the diehards because i think they're like us they don't get down with words and shit but if there are if there are any high republicers out there don't they kind of dress more regally, like a like a knight would? I know I've seen some character designs yeah, where they they did feel the, more like medieval knights yeah, versus the, the, Republic, the, the brown robe wearing ones of the Republic era.
1: Yeah, the Republic was definitely more flourishy; had a lot of like gold flourish and and their like lightsaber design and their cloak design. Definitely a little bit more. Um, lavish than you would see in, in the Grand Republic days, especially yeah, in he the just, Imperial days.
0: Either way, he's got a great fucking look, and if we get an action figure or a hot toy, I'm buying one. That's for damn sure. All right, move, moving on from the bad guys here. Dr. Matt studio, we, we hope you stay. We're glad you hopped into our stream. Welcome to the fun. Here we go, Miss Hare again, looking good, looking too young for some people. She's got <laughs> her five dots, so we know she's a general. Um, but, you know, she gets a line here of... We have to prepare for the worst. So I'm assuming, Nick, what's going to happen, Ahsoka's going to show up in that New Republic flotilla. She's going to make her pitch and have great facts lined up. My mothman's going to be like, you know what? We hear you. We feel you. We appreciate you. But take a fucking ticket. (laughs) And that's where is going to kind of address them after the fact and be like, listen, people. You know, uh, we have to prepare for the worst. Hera, to me, is probably starting to fall more in line with Princess Leia at this point in time than the New Republic leadership. You got to remember, who knows, at this point, Leia could have already been kicked out of the Senate for being considered a warmonger because she was like, listen, you dummies, we can't fully disarm. We can't do it. And Mon and her cronies are like, fuck you, we need peace, no more war. And that's why she leaves the Senate and starts the resistance. And it sounds like Hera is probably thinking more along the lines of of Princess Leia than Mon Mothma in this scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, just more more shots of the uh, Ahsoka-Baelin duel. Uh, I've, I don't know. It looks like he may give her a run for her money. But I have a feeling she's probably going to kick the shit out of him. I mean, it is Ahsoka, after all. I don't care if this dude comes from no space, left space, this space, right space. Mm-hmm. It's Ahsoka, okay? She was trained by the Chosen One. We, we got even more insights into that in Tales of the Jedi, which is getting a second season, where you know he he essentially abused her with the clones until she could do it herself. So she's more than capable of kicking ass. Um, there's a good shot of Shin in a spaceship yep. wearing the uh, the Anakin Skywalker communicator, like we saw him in his ETA two. Hell, she may she may be even flying in ETA. It seems nice and cramped. She's definitely in some sort <laughs> of snub fighter there, uh, and and clearly, I believe she is the one shooting up the back of uh, a Soka ship, which I'm pretty sure this is a Soka ship. That kind of crescent shaped sun deal. Uh, but you know, so Shin is like most Force users, also capable as a pilot. Yeah. How about yeah. this one, dude? I, I mean, is this just a a straight ripoff of the Vader hallway scene, or what? That's but- what I was going to
1: say. Like this, <laughs> it, 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 it seems like uh he get Balin gets his own uh hallway scene, which is hey, I, I mean, mean, all for it. I'm always, I'm all, I'm are all pretty for cool. it, man.
0: But it really is. I mean, it, it is a direct homage, if not a direct lift. Of the Vader scene, and they didn't fuck around. Like in the trailer, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna show you a lot of this." I mean, he's in there; he's got the hood up, block and bolts, force choking motherfuckers. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 have a feeling I'm gonna be a huge Balin fanboy when everything's all said and done. As long as he, you know, doesn't kill anybody I love, but <laughs> uh, he's just looking great. I, I would imagine. Do you think, Nick, this is him on those same capital ships we've seen, or is this the ship that he and Shin more than likely? kind of attack together where we saw her early in the trailer where she makes it to the bridge or is that that still those ships i mean do they just come and attack this flotilla after ahsoka was there
1: i don't know i mean i feel like this is probably a separate like a separate incursion because it would it would be real ballsy to try to take on three new republic vessels by yourself and i guess your plan would be like well if we could fully take over one ship, then we may be able to take over, like well, do some damage their heads to the are others. like
0: these dickheads probably don't even even have guns. They've they you know they they yeah. demilitarized so much, so we know the force. We can use lightsabers. We can take it on. Uh, but it, it is interesting. I just I wonder if they're tied together. Where we see her on the bridge, if that's just a continuation of Balin kicking ass in the hallway. Yeah. Um. All right. Here he is. The uh just in case your eyesight's not too great, but the uh the, the little hollow that Sabine is reminiscing over is one hundred percent live action Ezra. Iman himself even came out with a cheeky tweet saying, Hey, it was great standing in that day just to be a hologram, still not confirming that he's actually in the series, just kind of playing with everyone saying, Yeah, you know, I just filled in to, to be Ezra hologram. That was it. I'm 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 good, I'm done. I'm not attached to Ahsoka uh but but clearly Sabine is 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 feeling the loss of Ezra maybe more than than anyone um and it makes sense Nick cuz i i don't know at least the way i looked at it towards the end i know Ezra probably wanted uh, things to get maybe a little more hot and heavy but if anything they they were kind of morphing into that really tight brother sister star wars character bond you know what i mean like they yeah. they truly cared for each other more than just hey you're on you're on the ghost crew it was there was a there was a genuine hell i'll even say it, love between them maybe not the love love yet but they they definitely came to appreciate each other especially in those later seasons and um it, it makes sense that we see sabine here now all these years later just lost yeah, and and yeah. reflecting and thinking about Ezra.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely a a strong relationship. Not quite like a like you said, not quite like an in love relationship. But they did have like a special bond that probably has driven uh, Sabine into like this mental state that she's in now when she's reminiscing and and probably yeah, I mean, holds a little bit of animosity towards Ahsoka
0: uh so that that lightsaber on his belt she has it right now and that that was shown so yeah i mean they're 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 tight like that who knows if they're tight tight but they're definitely tight you know what i mean yeah okay and uh coming to the last few slides here of the first ahsoka teaser all right and and this is where i don't want to use that slide but here you can see yes they they still know how to make red lightsabers Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they could definitely crisp it up a little bit more but did this character that she's dueling not feel like an inquisitor to you i mean it's got the inquisitor blade it's got the inquisitor look i mean how it looks damn near just like the eighth brother but i thought he died in star wars rebels on malachor maybe he didn't but what say you inquisitor or not
1: i mean it definitely looks like an inquisitor at least in form and function I don't know if inquisitors are still a, again. Like this, really depends on how fucking fucked up this timeline gets.
0: Right? Yeah. Like, where that—that's what I'm. You know, I, I want to remind everyone that this could very well be where she. Because if you look, or if you look at this scene, Nick, it looks like they're at one of those scrapyards where they're, yeah. you know, tearing down the imperial war machine. Yeah. So that maybe there was some inquisitors kicking around still at that point in time. Yeah. Um, and
1: like there are onlookers in the background. So like this is yeah. happening, like out in like full fucking view of people. And like, I don't know how they got there. I don't know why they're there. Well, um, this scene
0: here where she's jumping out of <laughs> the window, that that's yeah. all the same deal. So like she goes to this processing yard for some reason and gets into a fight.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting to see that this just kind of broke out midday, almost seemingly, um, like by surprise uh, and, and against, like you said, a character that is using 100% using an Inquisitor blade because you can tell yeah, by, the mean, it's, it's
0: not, by the hilt. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's unless they stole it off a dead Inquisitor body. I mean, that's as Inquisitor as it gets. Yeah. So uh, I like this. I like Bat saying in the chat here that some people are, are pitching Barris. that I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, having a Barriss a- a- Ahsoka rematch is, is warranted. I mean, Barriss is the one that fucked Ahsoka in the first place and yeah. essentially led to her walking away from the Jedi order.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there uh, hasn't been a resolution to that, at least as far as I'm aware, there hasn't been a resolution to that, uh, storyline between Barriss and Ahsoka and any no, Star there, there Wars hasn't. media yet, There absolutely. hasn't,
0: there has not. All right. And, uh, th- this was a kind of a cool reveal here, but, uh. Huyang yang made his appearance and he said something very interesting now if you if you don't remember Huyang yang is he's the architect droid that has literally been around since damn near the dawn of the jedi like from the whatever the they were before they were jedi like the jedi something like that something we may be learning about in the movie if it actually makes it to theaters but, I mean, this droid is, is obviously very important to the Jedi Order. And, and he says something, I think, very enlightening to, I'm guessing, Ahsoka, where, you know, uh, Ahsoka says the Jedi fell a long time ago. There aren't many left. To which I think Hu Yang says perhaps it's time to begin again. So what do you, what do you think he's saying there, Nick? It's, it's time to rebuild an order to go out and ser- search for seek out force users that that's at least how i process what he said yeah i it's mean it's time it seems, to begin again
1: it seems like every time an order falls whether it be the sith order or the jedi order there is some impetus for them to rebuild themselves um i think in this instance it is kind of a world in chaos uh without like a group of protectors to like try to keep things balanced uh and especially if 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 this droid has been like its directive is to ensure the survival of the jedi then it would make sense that he would he would approach ahsoka the only known living force user left in the galaxy um, I don't
0: I, I, see. I, I maybe I explain her. I don't think he's the one going out and and f- trying to find the people. I think Ahsoka
1: finds him. Comes
0: to him. I mean, they're on Lothal here. That that's for yeah. sure. It, it, maybe it's when Ahsoka comes to Sabine. They're all talking. I, I could see Ahsoka essentially saying, "Hey, I've run into Grogu. I've Luke's out there trying to do some shit." We, we, we still can't find Ezra. We need to, it's something like that where, where, where Hu is kind of saying like, no, this, it is time to begin again. You should be really starting to put a focus on your search for the, yeah. for Ezra and other force it's users.
1: Just, again, like this one is just like, so hard, like it's so hard to make any guesses on shit here. Cause I have no idea at what point in time anything is happening, but, um, Yeah, I mean, like, if it is in the Mandoverse, like, if we're in the Mandoverse timeline, then maybe that is, like, that's the conversation that sparks her to actually go seek out Luke Skywalker and meet Grogu. Like, it's time, like, you know, it's time to rebuild again, and then that's what really sparks her to, like, what we see in Book of Boba Fett is, like, you know, maybe it's that moment that brings them together. Cause since we are like crossing like this series seems like it's going to be crossing timelines with book and with mando and with other stuff that's going on in the timeline it's very possible that like she has I this mean, conversation and he, then goes. he could
0: simply he could simply be saying maybe it's time to begin again to her like maybe it's time to start becoming a jedi or or following the jedi way again getting yeah, more maybe. of that focus versus just being an unaligned force user who knows but he's back, and he is being voiced by david tennant again who who did him in the cartoons. So there you go. that is your ahsoka trailer breakdown yeah, I mean, this Let's is do it
1: uh it's exciting. This is one that I think like deep Star Wars lore fans have been waiting for for a while because there's a lot to unpack just in terms of like leftover storylines from Clone Wars, leftover storylines from rebels pushing forward the storylines into the future towards the sequel trilogy and seeing where that's going to land. So I, I I do think that there is a lot to be covered specifically in this show. And I wonder what their focus is going to be, because it's going to be very hard to do that all in one season, essentially.
0: So. Yeah. I mean, in the end, we know it's not a Sokka's charge to rebuild the order anyway. So yeah, I, no. I, I don't think it's necessarily that. And that's why I was, I was like, well, maybe he's just kind of, you know, pushing her a little bit, like, you hey, maybe you should get a little bit more in touch with your your Jedi past, or or, or begin believing in it again, uh, believing in the, the 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 power of the Force for good, so on and so forth. Because remember, she's she's pretty uh she is pretty damaged thanks to Anakin. Yeah, yeah, like 100%. she's she, she's got some legit emotional damage. All right, let's move into some of the other celebration news here. As Nick said, I mean, honestly, if you've been reading the tea leaves and following the trades, there, there weren't really any big surprises for Ahsoka. Uh, I guess, Nick, you could argue the fact that they've rolled out three new movies. I guess that's a surprise, considering they haven't uh, put to bed or followed up or finished the three previously announced movie projects. But we did get confirmation i guess and i'm i'm like nick like hey i'll believe it when i get a trailer until then i'm not yeah. putting too much uh weight into any of these yeah. announced projects i mean so, we,
1: we we have had announcements for more projects than what have been projects that have been released yes i mean we we've he, almost had more wrong. canceled projects than we had like than projects that have actually been released um so yeah, I mean, yeah, like so, any.
0: So here, let, let me just give you the rundown, and I want to get your your take on some of these. So we're getting three movies. James Mangold going way back, the dawn of the Jedi. That's it's like what they used to be, like the Jedi gaga la baga. So he's covering that twenty five thousand years prior to the Skywalker saga. So that is about as old old Republic as it gets. Floney is taking on a movie set during the Mandoverse that is at least promised to us if it happens will bring the conflict between the New Republic and the Imperial Remnant to a head. So kind of tying all our little Mandoverse shows together, something we have heard about in the past. And then we've heard this name a lot. We've talked about it in reference to being attached to a project set during the sequel era, and that is Charmaine Obed Chinoy, is definitely directing a movie set 15 years after Tross, and I think the big surprise was that it will feature Rey and her quest to rebuild the Jedi Order. So Daisy is back. Um, Maybe that's why John Boyega over the past few weeks has kind of softened a bit on, on his character in Star Wars. He actually kind of was like, you know what? I'm I'm kind of all like, right th- with how Finn ended up. There's five
1: million dollars in this for me. If yeah, I which, which just, means,
0: <laughs> which means I should probably shut up because uh, if Ray re- yeah. is rebelling the order and we actually return to my character being force sensitive, I should be the second lead. Yeah. So, I could do yeah. some cool shit.
1: Uh, in in uh, in order of how I like likelihood of thing of of these movies yeah, actually right. happening, the the one with Ray is the most likely to happen because it's the only one that is tied to anything um, like sequel related. That is like, you know, purely Disney. Uh, I feel like that's the most likely to happen in terms of an actual theatrical release. Uh, The Filoni movie is going to happen. To me, it's yet to be seen if that will be a theatrical (laughs) release or not. I'm leaning towards it. Like whether it's a theatrical release has Everything to do with the viewership of the Mandoverse shows leading up to it, because if they start to dwindle, like if, if interests in Mandoverse shows starts to fall, well,
0: they, well, they better hurry up. Cause after episode six, that shit might be going down. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, like if, if, if we, if you have low interest in Ahsoka, if you have low interest in continuation of Mando and then. That, that will affect if that movie is a Disney Plus release or a uh, theatrical release. That's that's kind of how I'm looking and at that you, one. You're,
0: then you're saying Mangolds is a complete pipe dream.
1: Mangolds is like <laughs> Mangolds is like every other Star Wars movie that's been released up to this point. It, I'm I'm so glad that you said that this movie may exist. I have no faith that it'll actually happen.
0: Um, right, like I would think someone like you would. Out of these three movies, that's probably the one you would you would actually like to see, right? The the old Republic one.
1: I mean, technically, this would be in the Dawn of the Jedi category of how they've now restructured things. So this is the second restructure of the entire galactic timeline that we've seen. Uh, like I think it was a couple years ago, we saw a completely different timeline. Oh yeah, so, no, you're
0: right. They 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 added the Dawn of the Jedi. What he's talking about now, I got it up on screen. They added the Dawn of the Jedi. They and then the new new Jedi new Order. Jedi
1: order. <laughs> and I think that they have I think that now they have made the old republic actually can, and, and the reason that I right, say, yeah, this, you're
0: right. So fuck yeah. Don the Jedi isn't even old republic; the, it's Don, its own yeah. goddamn thing. Yeah, Don right. the Sorry. Jedi
1: and old republic are two distinctly Separate different ones. entities. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this is again like this would be a huge leap for me to say this, but the 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 symbol that they are using for the old republic is the actual symbol of the the online MMO game.
0: Okay. So if uh. they do choose to So that's like Malgus's timeline.
1: Malgus, Revan reborn. Like, there is a ton of story within the Old Republic MMO that they may be actually going out on a limb and, like, saying, like, this is all canon, which would be fucking incredible because that game. Is seemingly getting another lease on life, like they're they're actively updating it. They're yeah, actively, I, I thought
0: they were gonna kill it, but they, they seem that because weren't they like, oh, this is the last DLC, the last update. Now you're yeah, telling not, me that they anymore. might push some more. All right, yeah, not anymore
1: because they're doing like a, I think they're doing like a full system overhaul for that game to like bring it into like all the right. new.
0: Oh, shit, a, a, I need and, to just start playing it on on the Steam Deck because I, I feel like that's a great game to have on the Steam yeah. Deck. You know, I mean, check you in can, every once in a while, and,
1: and you can play a lot of the story for free. You know, like if you right. just like, right. and you don't have to do all of the MMO bits of it. You can literally just go through and and yeah, play see, the, the. You know, single I'm trying to
0: stuff. be smart here, Nick. I I did finish Hogwarts Legacy main story, so I got that out of the way. My my plate is clear for Jedi Survivor. So I, I don't know if I should quite start Sator yet because yeah, I, I, mean, I don't want to feel like I have something. I will something.
1: say that that will give you a lot of hours to play because it, choos- right, it okay. depends on how you choose to play it. Because every every class on both the dark side and the light side has a different individual level 1 to 50 stories that you play through. <laughs> I've played through all of them. Um but right. it, so it, right. it's a lot of content. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't have too much else to say about this. Like, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it.
0: Yeah, um, I'm the same way. I'm the same you know, way. Give me, give me a trailer, then I'll believe it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I guess in terms of what do I think would happen, I, I do think the Floney one is a, a sure shot, uh, both theater and eventually Disney Plus. Um, I think the most... Unlikely to happen is the Mangold, sadly. Yeah,
1: I mean, because uh, the, the Mangold one is literally going to be about the founding, the 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 discovery of the Force on Tython. That's what that movie will be about.
0: Yeah, so you know what I'm talking. about they, they were like the people they were called like J E D I I A-I- apostrophe A-I-I. blah yeah, blah no, blue, yeah. blah. Blue. No, this if
1: if they go back to the original story that was told, the founding of the Force, the dawn of the Jedi. You would be following a character called Ajunta Paul, who was the first Jedi ever. Okay, um, see? and he this was is Nick's also bread and
0: butter. I have no fucking yeah. clue what he's talking about.
1: Uh, and it would he would uh, that character would also become one of the first Sith ever Sith ever Sithari. It, that was a title given to them by the Sith race of people that we've never right. actually seen in a a Star Wars piece of content outside of a video game before like a June to Paul and his band of, of, of people like found the force on Tython were imbued with, this was before lightsabers were invented. This is when, they literally have Jesus had Christ! I physical... I want this
0: movie to happen now. Like th- this is <laughs> this scratches my itch of learning lore. Like I love lore, especially the lore that starts everything. That's 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 why I'm so excited about the prequels. Oh, I'm finally going to get to see how he becomes Darth Vader, and yeah, I we mean, know what happened there. Okay, all right, I'm I'm down. All right, mangold, let's love let's it. put some vibes out there. Come on, yeah. we need it. Don the Jedi. We need it. We I need would it, we love need it if but I'm
1: just I I doubt that it will. Just because of how Star Wars movies have been a complete disaster over the last, All right. what, fucking four years. so Yeah, he's not wrong. All right, well, <laughs> let,
0: let's move off the movies. I don't want to get Nick any more angry than he is. Uh, so we're, just quick updates here. Nothing really worth spinning our tires on. We got, we got a new Acolyte poster. That's nice. We got a new logo here. Uh, the cast came out. Nick, I think the only thing I want to hear your commentary on, if you saw it, but... I found the fact that uh, Amanda decided to wear to cosplay to this as the actual star of a Star Wars series to be spectacular. I, I fucking it, love so. it. Dude, <laughs> she she wore the straight up Padme Attack of the Clones White Get Up. Nice day one for like for her panel. It, <laughs> it wasn't to fuck around, it wasn't to be on the show floor in, in disguise. She went as a as a real fan in cosplay, and that makes me fucking happy. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, I think the other big thing from the Acolyte that we got, it, 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 J- J- Eunice is 100% playing the, the Jedi Wookiee. I forgot uh, his name, but, but the, you know, good for Eunice. Yeah, no, good um, for Um they, they showed a closed-door trailer. It was pretty cool. I'm all about it. If you want to go read the description, go to Bold Bulletin. Fuck it. Skeleton Crew, new news here. Ravi Cabot, Coin Kiriana Cratter, and Robert Timothy Smith officially introduced alongside Jude Law. There was also a closed-door thing there. Um, everything we had from it has been wiped from the internet. So go look for it. But we got a a trailer for Skeleton Crew. And again, it looked good. It's definitely taken place in that school on Navarro. I mean, I I think that was pretty damn clear from the trailer. Andor season two also got a little look. I got to see it before it got wiped and looks and feels like Andor. I think the biggest takeaway is Serial seems to be at least in leagues with the Empire at this point in time. And yeah, that's it from that. All right. Kathleen <laughs> Kennedy gave us some insights into the movies that Nick is saying are never going to happen. And I kind of agree. <laughs> uh, and here's why. <laughs> Nick, you'll love this. So the Ray movie, they don't even have the script yet. The script, she said at Celebration, this isn't an old interview, this is new. She said the script is about six six to eight weeks out still. <laughs> you
1: you want to know why? Because the guy who was writing the they script just him. fucking <laughs> left. <laughs> like,
0: Yep. Yeah, Damon yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. <laughs> Literally, she just does, said I'm out. <laughs> she does confirm that, that it is now being written by Stephen Knight. Yeah, which was the rumor we heard when when Damon walked away and uh she, here's a quote so i mean th- this this ray movie is is nothing new they've been kicking the tires on this for a minute we've been working on that film for a few years and all that feeds in our to our overall storytelling so we've just got to a point now where we've got a wonderful writer in stephen knight after we fucking killed damon he's come <laughs> on board and we're going to see a script probably in the next month and a half that we've been working on for quite a while Uh, But here, she kind of gives you some insights into what this movie could be about. It's such an evolution of conversations that we all the time, and we knew coming off The Rise of Skywalker, that we needed to take that further. We just didn't know how far out. We didn't know exactly what the story might be. But now we have a much better idea. And this is where she reveals to IGN that essentially 15 years beyond Tross, So we're post-war, post-First Order, and the Jedi are in disarray. There's a lot of discussion around who are the Jedi, what are they doing, what's the state of the galaxy. So Rey is attempting to rebuild the Jedi Order based on the books, based on what she promised Luke, so that's where we're going. I don't know if we'll spend a lot of time in flashbacks or on Force ghosts or things like that, but certainly the spirit of what he represents to her is going to be significant. So she's pretty much saying Mark Hamill will probably be involved if he wants to even though he's talked a lot of shit about Ray in the sequels.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, here, here's the, the, my lowdown or my thoughts on this is drop it. Uh, I mean, it's a needed continuation because in my opinion, the, the sequels were like a transitional series. Like you had no star. There was no star of those movies because, you had so many people from past movies. You had so many people that will be in future movies. You could say that Ray was the star, but you could argue that the, it was more of an Kylo. ensemble cast. You could argue yeah. that Kylo was the star. Um, there's just too much that was happening and too much that was going on in those movies to really truly have like a cohesive, like way forward from there. Um, 15 years seems like it's a good amount of time for Rey to have essentially done what Luke did in that interim period between episodes yeah. 6 and 7. You start to seek out Jedi or Force users in the galaxy, you start to teach them, and you see what it evolves from there. Um, what will be interesting is to see like what style of Jedi Order she is trying to build because there were distinctly two different styles of Jedi Order that we're trying and, and rem- to be built. here
0: th- This is the best part. She's not even classified as a Jedi. Yeah, Ray is not classified as a Jedi. Yeah,
1: I mean, you, you. I will tell you this right now. Just forget about anything that they said about like J- Ray being a Jedi in the sequel trilogy because that doesn't apply anymore. Um, like she will be what she, whatever they say she is in this new trilogy. Yeah, she's sure this a thing. new series. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't like like. Ray was like not anything in in the sequels. Like she was uh, like a nascent Force user who was learn just trying to learn her abilities. So like in the sequel trilogy, she was nothing because she I had wish no she official in teacher and,
0: and then become a Palpatine Skywalker. Yeah, but, I hey, mean here that, we that's are. it.
1: So like it, you know, if this new tr- this new movie is literally about her trying to rebuild the Jedi Order, which it sounds like it, it will be, then I what more what I'm interested in is are you going she to try anything? to yeah like yeah. are you Does going she to learn? try to rebuild it in the in the form that it was when luke did it or are you going to update shit i think um, i
0: think she's learned and really yeah. i mean the, the the it's not like yoda ever read the books either so uh i i think she'll learn and i think she'll allow some relationships you would hope you know you know jedi banging in the temple that'll be okay and not frowned upon but yeah, I mean, the movie's probably not going to get made, so who cares? Yeah, I mean, um,
1: w- we'll we'll see if it actually has. <laughs> so.
0: so some other news from Kathleen. She uh, revealed that moving forward, if we actually get Star Wars movies, they now will all have a crawl, regardless if they are Skywalker adjacent or not. So that's a new thing. I don't know if that's like the C-suite at Disney going, you know what? The reason fucking Solo... Didn't kill it in Rogue One. No crawl. Fixed. Done. Let's start making Star Wars stories again. It was a crawl. It had nothing to do with stupid choices. And and this is just for Nick because I I don't want to spend much more time on this, but I just want to see him get angry. But she did touch on all the previously announced Star Wars projects. And guess what, buddy? Buddy. They're all still going. None of them are canceled. None of them are shelved. They're all still a thing. Ryan and her talk all the time, but because he's so fucking busy, he just can't get to work. Taika is still working on his. He's writing it by himself. He doesn't want to bring anyone else in, and she doesn't blame him. And guess what? Rogue Squadron isn't officially dead either. It's definitely something they're still talking about, whether it's a movie or if it gets turned into a series. And then finally... Nick, she uh, let everyone know that currently they're not fucking with Obi-Wan Kenobi season two. It's not even in active development. So there you go. I know uh, you're always concerned about those announced projects that seem to never happen, but guess what? They're still there. They're, they're still in the Disney Lucasfilm ether.
1: I will, I will tell you, here's one thing that you should stealth keep an eye on or just think about in the back of your head. Think about every movie that they have announced Roughly in your head, estimate two hundred million dollars is what it would cost them to make it. Easy,
0: easy. So, yeah,
1: yeah like two hundred million minimum. So, yeah, they're they're right, like at a
0: billion dollars currently. Yeah, essentially. like
1: right now, of the three, so they just announced three. So that's six hundred mm-hmm. million, roughly, if not seven hundred fifty million dollars. Ryan
0: Johnson's trilogy.
1: Ryan Johnson's trilogy is another seven hundred fifty million dollars. One. Tyka's is is $250 million. So we're upwards of a billion (laughs) dollars, 1.5, almost $2 billion of money that is in development right now. I also want you to realize that uh, that's the reason that a lot of these movies aren't in active development, aren't being made or are are being pushed away because it takes a fucking shitload of money to make a movie. Yep. And uh, you can usually only do one or two at a time. And so. the, um,
0: Disney stock price hasn't been fa- fair and, uh, oh my goodness, it's getting that point in the show. Haven't fared so well over the past few years. So yeah, I mean right
1: now it, it's, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's around a hundred dollars a share is what Disney's at right now. And listen, so.
0: I, I know we're being a bit overly negative and and we typically are one of the more, and this is so odd to say, especially coming from me, one of the more positive Star Wars <laughs> podcasts out there with obviously with an explicit lyric tint to it. Um, but uh, the negativity around the Lucasfilm movie verse is, is completely justified. All right. They've um, they've pulled the rug out from under us way too many times at this point in time. So all of our uh, all the negativity we're spewing right now and 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 just really having no belief in the, the movie verse. It's justified. All right. So don't give yeah, us I mean, any shit. Like I said, I. I. I-
1: I think that all of the announced projects would be incredible if they actually get made. I would would love them all to
0: happen. I would have loved the Ryan movie, the fucking this movie, that movie, the Taika, but where are they? You know? Yeah. I mean, like, I like
1: it's interesting. Like it, it is very interesting and I hope that they get made and I really do hope that they get made in, and are successful. But I also think that the, 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 the fan base at this point is so just negatively poisoned that like, I fear that expectation of any movie that gets released would be too high. Like
0: You're right. I told they, Matt
1: before we went live, I was like, I don't think a Star Wars movie will ever make a billion dollars again. I don't think it'll happen. Because I think that there's too many people in the fan, like the, the fan base itself is so overprivileged. And so, and like, they they just won't show up to see it. Well, And, so, and
0: they're spiteful. And it's been proven yeah. they're spiteful with TLJ and then what happened to Solo. I mean, Solo got borked. Because of Bob Iger's bad decisions, and then the fandom being dickheads. Let's, yeah, let's be I real. Mean, I mean, they, they like, purposely. In- so you are right. I mean, you, they should. Disney brass should take a hard look within themselves and be like, you know what? Star Wars movies no longer equal a billion dollars, and we we have yeah. to adjust our expectations. And you know, maybe you spend less on marketing. Yeah, I mean, maybe you dumb down the production. But you're you. I don't think you trust. Are barely crossed
1: the bill i think cross was like 1.06 billion like it it barely got to a billion so i like and that's you know you just have to factor that in now it's like like there is a lot of there's a huge section of the fandom that's either gone or 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 aren't really interested in star wars movies anymore so um that is something that they're also thinking about is like how like what do you want your first re-entry into into theaters to be Yeah, like you want to your first movie back into theaters to have the best chance to like reinvigorate that that fan base see and that that's one why. of dude, these I, movies is
0: it i i think it's the floney one because it's the most peaceful it, it's it's it, it's at least a an era that that most fans can somewhat agree that it, there isn't a complete tire fire at some See, point. I, I would
1: it. disagree. And I think that the one that has the most opportunity to really reinvigorate the fan base is the one that is least likely to happen, which is the dawn at the Jedi dawn. one. Yeah. Because yeah, it is, it, you know,
0: you know, the Ray movie, there's already people lining up to burn it down. Oh, because to hate it, it. Like, yeah. Cause it's Ray and sequels. So, I mean, yeah. that that's like and already going to have a, a, a hate and force behind people it. People
1: are already starting to line up right now to hate the Filoni movie. Because people are starting to get tired of yes. the, the, <laughs> the Mando, Yeah. So like no, that's what the I was saying one, earlier.
0: Filoni's a joke now to some of these people when he was yeah. Jesus Christ uh, last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one that is most likely to get people into theaters to be like, oh, wow, this is exciting is the one that is completely dis like disjointed from everything that has nothing to do with anything <laughs> in Star Wars that you know about. And, and that's it. like in that. But that's also the one that is the least likely to get made. So we'll
0: see. Yay. Star Wars. All right, we got one more little ditty before the fan segment. We might actually be able to get in. We're making great time for all the shit we had to talk about. If Nick yeah. leaves, that's all right. But um, And this one was, I would say, a bit shocking to me. The Bad Batch announcement. I mean, I, I knew we were going to get a, a third season. Those of you that were wondering if we are going to get a third season, you're a little drunk. But I was shocked, Nick, to, to find that they're, they're killing it after season three because I, I feel like that timeline has... At least nine more years of content that has not been covered. I mean, uh, what is it? Kenobi is or is it K- Kenobi or Solo or would be the closest, and they're still eight to ten years past the the uh fall of the Republic. Yeah. So the fact that Bad Batch is getting killed after a third season, it could be good because you know you're gonna get a nice tight little story told over three seasons that's gonna have a true end. But it seems odd, or maybe this is a a sign that kind of like how Rebels is about to have its live action transition maybe they have something planned for the the earlier timeline the bad batch timeline uh, to bring them over but i doubt it and it sounds like this is about it for that era of yeah. the empire
1: yeah i think that i mean i don't like we never get viewership statistics on shows like this i think that this may be a viewership thing Because I did like Bad Batch was never as popular as Clone Wars. It never will be. And I don't even think that it was as popular as Rebels. I mean, obviously, you have completely different methods of distribution for those two shows, with Clone Wars and Rebels being on standard cable television and Bad Batch being only streaming. But I would imagine that this is viewership driven. And I also imagine that they probably want to take another look at Star Wars animation in general because they've had the same style and methodology of Star Wars animation for a long time now, for well over a decade. Um, and I think that they may be revisiting how that is being looked at. I also think that it's a lot of it is probably um, due to Filoni's schedule being a little bit over cooked at this point because Filoni was the animation guy. Like he was, he was the one who shepherded both Clone Wars to its finish. uh, I mean, rebels all the way through its run. And then was also like, he launched bad batch prior to when he became well, he's creative director. He's,
0: of- he's never been the guy of Bad Batch. Yeah. That's always been Jennifer and, and Brad. But he yeah. he is like the king of Star Wars animation. So you, you are correct. I don't know. It's like, I mean, they did show a trailer there. So they've they they, they, they they've been working on this season. They knew yeah. it was going to be a thing. And of course, they could pivot if they wanted to end it or maybe add episodes if yeah, they wanted I, to continue. I, I just I don't know. It, it seems like three seasons is a premature end for the Bad Batch
1: yeah i mean i don't know it, it all just depends on how they want to continue the storytelling within that era of star wars or right, if, they, or it if just, they're just like man maybe we should just leave this fucking timeline alone we've beaten no, it to death no way
0: like, no way there, there's so much left before i mean yeah remember this is this is 10 years before andor i mean this is the empire becoming the thing we don't even have the goddamn stormtroopers yet yeah we, we have yeah. like the old model tks i it just seemed odd i mean i'm I was a bit shocked, but hey, the way Star Wars fans are these days, if you would read message boards about Bad Batch Season 2 early in the season, they wanted to burn it down. Towards the end of the season, they were saying it was better than The Mandalorian now. So you never fucking know. You really don't. This could have been planned from from day one, and maybe, like I said, they have live-action shows you would think a character like omega would have more life than three seasons she's fucking boba fett's sister for christ's sake
1: i mean you would imagine but like yeah i don't know It, it all comes down to eyes on the screen And like, that's what I think that this one came down to. Like, I I really do think that if this was a popular show, they would have left it running. But I just don't think it's popular. I don't think that people. Yeah, I I
0: mean, the trailer, at least what I could see before it got wiped, it it seems like there's going to be a a big thread on Ahsoka and Crosshair now that they're locked up at Tantus. And and he the best part is he's like, shut the fuck up. I'm not them because she's like Crosshair. Come on you go let's go we gotta do this we gotta do that and he's just like shut the fuck up I am not the guys you've been hanging out with I'm not my brothers and then there was a a, a good shot of Palpatine touring the facility with Hemlock so clearly you're, you're gonna get even deeper into Palpatine's cloning stuff uh, but Bad Batch season 3 the final season will be out in 2024 so you got that and then uh, just this is just PSA but my god man uh, I'm sure you haven't seen it yet but you gotta check it out once we hang up the trailer for Star Wars Vision Season no, Two is I, I watched fucking it. That looks bad incredible.
1: ass. Incredible. I mean, dude, yeah, I, wa- yeah. I, I watched like it's so kills funny. It. It's so funny to think that we just had a whole celebration. We only got two fucking trailers out of it. That's it. Like, yeah, like everything
0: else was closed door, private, and scrubbed yeah. from the internet. Yeah, yeah, like yep, two two it.
1: public trailers with with yep. visions and Ahsoka, and that was it. Um, But yeah, no, that looked incredible. It looked Uh,
0: great. So um, that's coming May for the whole whole season in addition to Young Jedi Adventures, which I think looks great. And I'll see how my kid takes it. Uh, I I wish I would have had that when she was three or four, but it's looking pretty fun, especially that little nub guy. Nub, Jedi nub. All right. Well, dude, do you want to get through the fan segment, or you want to dip out? We got seven thirty-four. All right, we're doing good. We did a lot better than I thought.
1: Fan segment. All
0: right. So we we do it every show. The fan segment. There's two ways to get involved. Question of the week is the first way, and then our top five, which we'll be coming up with right now. But it is time for question of the week responses. So let's go ahead and get our Slack screen up here. All right. This week's question always gets posted to Instagram. You can reply to our stories or in the profile. But this week, and my goodness, you know, for us, Nick, we actually benefit when people hate Star Wars because yeah, right. we get a lot for the first action. time in a long time. The question of the week actually got some legs. I mean, we had multiple comments from people that definitely don't listen to the show. Uh, but the question this week was, what was your favorite or least favorite moment from the Mandalorian Jack Black and Lizzo edition? And um there's definitely some positive ones, there's definitely some negative ones. So here we go. We
1: go. All right. First up is at press underscore pause underscore photography underscore. This is a two did two parter here. Two parter. Their second part is from F Stop Rebel. So first off for press pause, he says, I actually love the wackiness of this episode straight from the mind of Lucas himself. The chase was so fun, and I lost it at the droid morgue. It felt like an episode of Criminal Minds. However, as much as I enjoyed it, I'm not so sure about how it ended. The Darksaber drama ended in a very anticlimactic way, in my opinion. They made the saber basically have the same rules as the Elder Wand from Harry Potter. That was actually something that I was thinking about as well. When it was supposed to be the story and challenging the one with the saber... Um, just felt like Bo got it on a technicality just to move that plot point forward. Yeah, Not a that, huge that's gripe. Exactly we'll what happened,
0: Connor. You good. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> you you're definitely it. right.
1: And like like we said, go back and listen to our breakdown of the of the episode where that like fight between the, the monster thing and Bo actually happened, because we 100 percent said like this is how like she won this thing technically. Yep. Um, but it also goes to show like on that point, it shows the absurdity of that whole thing to fucking start with. Like, that is by the letter of their, of Mandalorian fucking law, she won it.
0: Like, that, but yeah.
1: and, and it is true, and that's actually they, what they agreed agree
0: to it, even even coming from Bunker Boy, they're like, yeah, you know what? Dope's got a, he's got a point, yeah, I mean, so, like, yay, you get the sword. It,
1: so even though, like, you are right, Connor, it is anticlimactic, and it is kind of like plot point furthering, but like, by the letter of their law... She won it in single combat from somebody who beat the other person in single combat. Like that's, that's just how it goes. Uh, and then F stop rebel replies to press pause and says, I agree with this statement strongly. I've been a star Wars fan for decades. I love the lunacy and wackiness. It put me in a great mood and felt very George. There is space for all types of storytelling in this fandom. Sometimes I need to feel heavy and sometimes I need to have fun I'm looking forward to more Andor, but I'm also looking forward to young Jedi adventures. Darksaber was uh, a pretty quick turnover, but hey, we will see where it goes. I've had a blast with this season and it feels like the shows of the 90s. We have become so accustomed to very serious shows that almost perform as a giant movie I like the episode ah, by episode format, who and is I'm ready. It? Get for this more.
0: F-stop rebel. They need to be in the SWTs army. Let's go recruit yeah, this no, motherfucker. I, mean, uh, I like smart right. people, and this person's you know, smart. Nice, I, thank you, like, F-stop rebel.
1: Just beautiful stuff. Uh, next up is Cluster Flux, which I uh, I believe is an is is Cluster Flux is the universe yeah, created by it, our good yes. friend. Uh, it's the guy,
0: lights, camera, tentacles. Lights,
1: camera, tentacles.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's All right, right. So
1: he says. I love it because of hey, his profile Klondike's picture. in
0: the live stream again. Welcome.
1: Clusterflux uh, says, love seeing some Quarren representation beyond them being the usual random henchman number three. And it was cool seeing the Quarren ship. Captain's chair with that water tank and all yeah. that was just brilliant. This is what yes. I need more of in Star Wars. Love the droid stuff, the droid bar, and them delving into Separatist Dooku Sweet. stuff. I'm telling you, um, man, it's was,
0: it, it it's us older fans that are digging this stuff and it's the prequel fans that hate it. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, I also like how Cluster Flux's profile picture is a corn and a Mandalorian. No, ass.
0: he 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 he's legitimately <laughs> oh, no. a big fan of corns. Like Korn's, he's not yeah. fucking around. Like, like this was a big deal for him to see to see his his favorite alien type kind of get their time in the sun.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Scion XTC, long time fan of the Star Wars time oh, show yeah. says. A fun episode with Hits and Misses. Hits, you had me at Battle Droids Misses. We don't serve your kind here, so he wanted the line. He wanted the the line there. Uh, Christopher Lloyd had a good role. It was random to see Jack Black and Lizzo, but she's living the dream of every fan by being a part of Star Wars. Uh, It was also great to see the current IWGP women's champion, Mercedes Monet, a.k.a. Sasha Banks, or FKA, formerly known as Sasha Banks, uh, come back. Hopefully we'll see her kick some ass with the rest of the
0: man. Oh, she actually went to her real name in wrestling. I did not know so her.
1: Yeah. So she is no longer Sasha Banks because she's no longer affiliated with WWE. I, I don't know. I kind of tracked that for a second and then I got lost. So, <laughs> uh, But yeah, she's she's an, she has a new wrestling name. Um,
0: uh like a connor's like hey now i'm a prequel fanboy and love it <laughs> hey you know me hey I, I like pushing buttons every once in a while you guys right. can hate or love whatever the fuck you want <laughs> just don't do it uh, on my feed
1: <laughs> plastic blurred says uh right. no complaints my way star wars has always been a little wacky good to see a separatist True. good to see a place not under threat great True. to see how they handled the dark saber pass
0: off I knew when Din dropped
1: that. it while captured. Uh, and they zoomed in yes. on it that they would come back to yes. it. I didn't think Bo was going to give it back to him. Never. I never thought she didn't actually have to. And I, I never even thought she didn't actually have to. That's an interesting way that. I don't even that know like. what
0: that means, but yes. I guess he was saying I agree. like
1: when he saw her pick it up, he assumed that she would keep it. Oh, okay. But, yeah. No, thank you. I think yeah, that's, I, what I get kind
0: of stupid going. as the later the show goes on. So yes, <laughs> yeah, thank we're, you for that.
1: We're, we're, we're crawling towards hour three here. Oh yeah. Um, Uh, Darth bricks. Final one here says, uh, Jack black and Lizzo do not belong in star Wars. <laughs> Sorry. Most well-known actors have no place in star Wars. It's always a look at me in this role moment. And never a let me take you into a whole new world and forget who I was. It's gross and dumb. It should stop. I mean, I guess that's your, like, that really depends on, like, how you look at the characters. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, personally, I don't listen to Lizzo Lizzo's music. And if people didn't tell me that was Lizzo, I would not have known it was her. Just because that Her music's
0: that's, actually pretty fucking good. I'll tell you I mean,
1: that. like, I, I know the name Lizzo, and I know that, like, Taylor occasionally listens to a Lizzo song every now and then. I know what one of my friends is a big fan, but like I, I legitimately didn't know what Lizzo looked like until people were like, that's Lizzo in this role. And I was like, okay, cool. It didn't pull me out of anything because I had <laughs> no previous knowledge of, of Lizzo outside of just knowing her name. Um, but if that's how, I mean, like that is definitely a, an opinion that's floating around out in the fandom and, um, You know, it is what it is. You know, famous people play people in Star Wars all the time.
0: It's gross and dumb. And yeah,
1: I mean, well-known actors have no place in Star Wars. I mean, like, I don't know. That's such a a weird thing to dig into. Oscar Isaac literally was, I am pretty sure he had an Oscar nomination under his belt before he even played in Star Wars. (laughs) I mean,
0: Ray, Ray Stevenson's been in a few fucking projects yeah, here and there. I, I, I so mean, is Rosario. I mean, I don't know. Rosario
1: whatever, Dawson is like, was a very famous actress prior. She was to fan cast. Over. I mean, literally yeah, she fan, was fan cast. cast. She I fan casted herself. Winstead oh, as, well, hey,
0: hey, man, Darth, Darth Bricks. He's, you know, doesn't I like mean, cameos. Fuck them.
1: <laughs> I guess, you know, hey, that Darth is Bricks, if you're, if you're awesome.
0: casting for Star Wars, sign me up. Cause no one will know who yeah, the fuck I am. Nobody will know who we are. I'm perfect. Boss
1: us in there. Boss <laughs> in there. Right.
0: Um
1: so yeah, so that that's the uh the question of the week. I, you know, not so I'm telling you, man, some, if some if I know we
0: we weren't gonna have a long show and be up against the clock, I would have posted every I would have read every fucking comment today because there was a ton of them and they were I think you know a lot of these type and then the other mix where it's like hey you know whatever it was zany crazy I'm and good. And also to go. like
1: I I love Jack Black. I I th- I like Jack Black and everything he's in for Yeah, he, he's my School hero like Rock I said. to Tenacious D pick a destiny. I mean like I fucking love that guy yep. so I'm never going to be upset that he a-
0: Anytime a a a short fat man can reach his level of of fame and popularity I'm I'm all about it. All yeah. about it. Yeah.
1: No complaints right. for me, but
0: Good stuff there. I mean, I I wish we always got that type of response for a question of the week because it's nice to hear from other members of the community. Not that we don't love all you diehards, the bats, the tones, the press pauses, the the scions. But you know, it's we want to we want to build this bitch right, and and to build it we need to. Loop in some new friends. So thank you. But now it's time for the final part of the fan segment. And, and that is our iconic and I believe heavily copied and stolen top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. The way this works, on Instagram, use at tag Star Wars Time Show, hashtag Star Wars Time Show in any and all Star Wars posts. I'll go through them and feature them throughout the week on our page. And then Nick picks his favorite five To discuss on the show, which we're going to do right now. Right now.
1: First up in the top five is from our good buddy, Sir Dork. He is a member of the Star Wars D&D crew. For those of you out there... Who are already oh, yeah, to know we, of that? We
0: probably should get our asses moving we, on that. By yeah, the way. I mean, we
1: can probably look to start end, scheduling something. Yeah, end of April,
0: early May, I think is what yeah, we should do. Yeah, end of
1: April, for. early May will probably be a good area for that to happen. That is also potentially when I will be moving into my
0: house. Perfect. Um, That's when Nick said so, his best when he's highly stressed out.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, Sir Dork gave us a fantastic little Easter shot here. Mando inspired. So we see Din Dejarin and his foundling charge, Grogu, surrounded by large Easter eggs that are on the planet Easter in the outer rim of the Star Wars galaxy. And he is carrying around little Grogu in an Easter basket. Uh just fantastic stuff that is seasonally appropriate from our good friend Jared, aka at Sir.dork on the Instagram.
0: Yeah, no, mm-hmm. this is, uh, I, I think this is a newer shot, because Jared, if you know his story, he got his account jacked, he's had to rebuild, so he's been releasing some classics, but I think this was a new one, and it, and it just kicked ass, I loved it, dude, great work, Jared, you the man, alright, who's next?
1: Who's next oh, in check the Star this Wars out. Time Show all Top right, 5, right. it is at Jims, J M Z underscore Dig toy
0: it. box. Darth Jar Jar,
1: and we got yeah, we got him, Darth Jar Jar, the one that everybody's been waiting for, the one that all their mythosaur eggs says uh, says Jared about his shot. He said those are all mythosaur eggs. So mythosaur very. Of course, eggs are very he colorful. always
0: does stuff in universe.
1: He's they're on the surface of Mandalore is where they are. Um, but this Darth Jar Jar shot from Jim's toy box is fantastic. I love the the unstable striations of the of the lightsaber. Perfect the, for Jar Jar. The, yeah, Perfect. I mean the 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 bokeh coming up from him dragging the sabers along, uh, what is likely a metal floor of some sort of uh, space vessel. Uh, the 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 cloak fully covering his eyes. I mean, it's just a really cool representation of a of a Sith Lord Jar Jar here for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. It's just a, he just slapped on Palpatine's cloak and it works. It, it was the lightsabers yeah. for me too. I, I just they, they seemed having a chaos blade just seems to fit Mr. Banks.
1: Oh yeah. 100% an so agent at, of chaos.
0: Yeah. At gyms with a Z underscore toy box on Instagram. Uh, good uh, stuff. There's our, this la- one, there's our lady Mando there.
1: I would say this one here, this is from Sandra bell blog, Sandra bell dot blog. I should say on interest on Instagram really blew up almost a thousand likes on, uh, on our share here from star Wars time show. So make sure, you, uh, all of, you who like this shot on our account also go over and follow Sandra on her account. Um, but like you said, it is a shot of the newly reintroduced Sabine Wren. Um, as a giant explosion goes off behind her, stormtroopers are flying in the background. You see one guy yep. blasted off of his feet, one guy in the process of falling in a helmet uh strewn about at her feet as she is holding the detonator for this incredible explosion. Even Sir Dork would be proud of, I assume.
0: He um, just said yeah. such a great shot. Sandra does great work. So you you assumed correctly. You did I not make an correctly. ass out of you and me. Yeah, I Everything. mean, Sandra's got this style. It's always very vibrant and always very practical. Uh, everything's always nice and bright, good colors, lots of uh, practical stuff mixed in there, like aquarium tank type of uh, trees and flowers and bushes. So yeah, I'm glad she starts showing up on our feet again because I, I haven't seen her for shit. It seems like six months to a year. So good looking stuff from Sandra Bell.blog.
1: Definitely, definitely. Uh next up. Oh unlimited in, power. I love the this is it's a scene <laughs> creation in Lego form from episode three, Rens of the Sith. It is the hand chopped off unlimited power. You go out the window. Uh, scene, But it also looks like this could have been taken right from a, a Lego Star Wars game. I mean, this is so well executed by at mm-hmm. BrickBanda82 on uh, Instagram. You see the full lightning coming from Palpatine's hands. You see Mace's hand chopped off him in Agony sitting there. And then you see the back of the soon to be donned Darth Vader as he stands there and watches his former uh jedi grand master is is uh electrocuted and summarily thrown out of the uh window of Yeah, i I like that he even
0: like reanimated mace's face to make him screaming and he's got the glowing little brick hand where his hand got cut off it is fantastic it it really i mean brick, brick panda to me and i there's a lot of great lego star wars artists out there like tong wars and and Macro Brick, but uh, Brick Panda, I think, is the supreme. I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I got to put it out there. <laughs> he's, it's just he's top diff- notch. Different sure. level, man. I mean, it, it does, like you said, it, it always seems like a sell from a Lego video game or a Lego Star Wars special, 100%.
1: Yeah. So incredible work, at BrickPanda82. And the final shot from this week's top five is from at Revens underscore toy Picks. And I picked this just because it it looks like it's taken right out of a show, like this. Yeah, looks this is so coming. Realistic. This is like
0: a, a still from episode seven or eight. Yeah, man. Of season I mean, like three. It,
1: the only thing that that it would make it not look like that is the fact that Din's holding the dark saber, but like it looks so grounded, it looks so realistic. And yes. what we see, so what we see here is the potentially the Mando battle that is to come. Like you said, in in episode seven or eight, you see. Uh, our good buddy Din jar in there holding the dark saber and yep. his signature pistol at his side. Um, bow, you see the armor, armor with her
0: other random mandos.
1: And, yeah. And, and, and hammers you see, uh, bow off in the background and all of the mandos are fighting against the Imperial remnant yep. on it. Probably what looks like Navarro. Cause it is kind of a Sandy type of environment. Um, but it's just, it's such a grounded, realistic shot that just fits so well in this Mando universe.
0: Yeah, the, you nailed it right there. It just, it does not feel like a toy shot. It, it does, it feels like a, a, a shot from set one day. You know, yeah. Some, some idiot took a shot working on the Mandalorian crew. And here we go. So qu- quality stuff from at Revin's underscore toy Picks, And Nick, do what you usually do.
1: That is the end of the top five, and that's the end of our show. So, Matt, close out this Star Wars Celebration special that we just ran through of the Star Wars time show.
0: That's right. And you know what? Like I said, we weren't at Celebration. Uh, I would have went just to be in London again. I love London Town. has one of the richest histories for a big city in the entire planet But it was nice to kind of live it through all of you. So if you want to join in the fun, kind of talk Star Wars throughout the week when we're not here doing our live stream, don't forget we got a Discord. You can find the open link in our Instagram account at Star Wars Time Show. Just hit that bio link. But more importantly, if you are new here, like our our buddy Carver Tate, Carver Tate jumped in and stuck with us all the way to the end. We could have a new fan, though. If that is the case, Carver, StarWarsTime.net. That's where you can find our content throughout the week. You can sub to the podcast on traditional podcast platforms. You can sub to the YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. Go ahead and hit that, buddy, Carver. We love you. And don't forget, everyone watching this right now, let's get some likes. Let's get some comments let's get some subs and notifications because that's how we keep this thing growing and we keep getting it recommended to new fans like Carver, like that other guy that jumped in live stream surfing today. So don't forget, there's always time for Star Wars time, starwarstime.net, get on those podcasts, leave ratings and reviews. If you're thinking about right now, like, God damn, he says this every time, it's so annoying, just take the two seconds and go do it, trust me. It means a lot to us. Keep that feedback coming. Send us emails. Send us DMs. If you want to talk shit, do that too. We love any type of feedback. Because there really is always time for Star Wars Time. And don't you forget that if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. You, you, and you. Always. Always. ALWAYS! Hold on. (laughs) ALWAYS! (laughs) One more time. ALWAYS!